in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Welcome everybody, it is Thursday, August 3rd, this is the Mike It's Rutherford Monday, Show. I quit tomorrow. <laughs> For a second there, I was like, what, what's going on here? It is Thursday, August 3rd, this is the Mike Rutherford Show, coming to you as always from the remote University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to see how you can get your MBA in just 12 months and come out with an average salary of $85,000, upwards of $85,000. Uh, business.louisville.edu is the website to make all your dreams happen. We're on the air today from 3.03 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it's better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey on a overcast Thursday here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Uh, needed the rain. You know you're old when you're saying that. Felt good to see some rain this morning. Um, enjoyed the the night. Solo with the kids, so it was it was nice that they. I feel like the sun not coming up maybe helped them sleep for like an hour more, which was always very good. But uh, we got to we've plenty to get to today. Once again, practice rolls on out there around Floyd Street. U of L football still getting some reports out there. Not an open practice today. First close practice they've had, but tomorrow I think it's going to be a early one, nine forty five a.m. I believe it will be back open to the public. Saturday's practice will be open as well. We can hear a little bit from uh, the players and coaches after yesterday's practice what they had to say. But the big story in the world of co- uh, college sports and really sports at large is the conference realignment madness, which continues to roll on. Everyone wants to leave everywhere. Nobody's happy where they are, except for teams that are in the SEC and the Big Ten. Uh, the Pac-12 is falling apart. The Big Ten is expanding. The Big 12 is continuing to add up teams. The ACC has no idea what the hell is going on. That and more coming your way for the next three hours. We'll also play another round of Am I the A-Hole with Trevor Kelsey to see just how low his morals can go. You have no idea. We want to hear from you uh, as well for the next three hours on the Thornton's text line. Text us at 502-414-1450. Are you still grumpy about the woman who threw her mother-in-law out? I'm not grumpy about it. <laughs> she was just right. Questions, comments, concerns, <laughs> thoughts, uh, anything you got, always welcome on the Thornton Sex Line at 502-414-1450. Before we get into any of that, got to say good afternoon to my guy TK, Trevor Kelsey. Happy Thursday to you. How was your Wednesday night? Did AEW live up to your the, the hype in your mind? It was good. It was good. Orange didn't wrestle. He did show up, though. So he's still champion. He's still champion. He will be involved in a three-way uh, six-man tag uh, parking lot brawl next week, Ooh. which they've had one of those before that was pretty cool between uh, 
uh, LAX and Best Friends. Best Friends will be involved in this one along with BCC and uh, Death Triangle. So, the, but the match itself that they had the the, the three way uh, with Moxley, Trent, and uh, Pinta was pretty awesome last night. They had a had, had a good night of wrestling, good, good solid night. Uh, Sheeta won the uh, women's championship for the second time. Good. Uh, she she beat Tony Storm in the title in the main event, which I was happy to see. I'm I like a Tony Storm fan here. I'm not. I'm you know neither am I. Like yeah. a lot of people, love, I'm not a big time. I don't, I don't, I'm not just. I don't think she's as good as everybody thinks she is. Glad we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah and she's a bad guy. So, oh. uh, but yeah, all in all, it was good. I, I kind of wish I knew it was going to rain because I actually just randomly went through a car wash last night on the way home. No, oh, that's bad luck. And I got a car wash as I'm driving, like, literally on the Westport Road. I'm seeing the sprinkles hit the windshield. I'm like, oh, well. It's a terrible feeling. That's that's good, yeah. There's 15 bucks I could have just spent on something else of uselessness. And it hasn't really rained in two weeks either. That's just terrible luck. <laughs> it was just, well, honestly, it was, uh, there was the McDonald's I went to. Uh, I grabbed some McDonald's on the way home, and there's like this like those 24-hour car washes, you know, that like you see, you know, not the one you do yourself, but you can actually go through. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's pretty colorful. It's kind of cool looking. It's like I think I'll get my car washed. And, you know, it is what it is. Until I get you. Yeah, but it, I mean, it did get, it did give like a spray on it. So my, I do have like a new car smell kind of thing going on right now, which is nice. I have a quick question on that. But, but then, uh, other than are, that, it's pretty easy. Are is the whole thing about? You know, Breaking Bad, they have the car wash as a affront to launder money. It's a it's a turnkey operation, is what most uh, people use. It is for, it yeah. is that a real thing? Because there are way too many car washes in the city. Like, yeah, there are not that many people that need their car wash. There are car washes everywhere. Every time something shuts down, like we just lost the 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 Frisch's right by my house is gone now, and it's turning into a car wash. We, Which like, is sad because I'm, that Frisch just has many memories. There are like 25 car washes yeah. within a stone's throw of where I live, and there's no way they're all just turning a profit from car washing. I mean, I know, I know, like, there's not one, I guess, right around here, but like over the Taylor's Road store, uh, store, like by the Arby's I'd go to, there's three of them right by that Arby's over there by like McMahon Center and stuff. There's, they just built the one where that, the one where it's the old Frisch's used to be on the corner right there off of, uh, by that, that Arby's I used to go to all the time. But, yeah, I'd, I mean, not to come off like Orlando Jones trying to sell, you know, magazines, but, they, you know, it's, it's uh, turnkey operations are a good way to launder money. There's got to be something going on there. Which, turn, when you take a turnkey, you think a laundromat and car wash are the two places that come to mind. It's clearly, clearly something You don't see laundromats as much anymore, though, because everybody has, everybody, any, 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 Smoke and get a washer and dryer and hook up in their house. No, apartment. I mean all my like the, the laundromat I used to go to just closed down. Just, just yeah. shut up. Well, shut up. used to be you didn't. Most of the time, if you, you lived in an apartment, you went to use the laundromat unless you had like like an apartment laundry. Now even most apartments have hookups for their own washer and dryer. Well, yeah, that's the way it goes. Twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. We may put your car. No. No car. <laughs> car we we have established no better way to. I want to be the next thing that the next kind of turnkey operation to use for, for for smuggling money than would be for the for Pablo Escobar radio, local sports radio. Local sports. <laughs> How do you think the murder these two schmucks got on the air? <laughs> what well, that just reminds me of the the Reddit thread from like three months ago that I brought up, and the person had the what I assume was an earnest response where they were asking. The question was, what businesses in Louisville do you feel like are, are shady and are, are fronts for laundering money? And somebody said Wicks. that Andy's TV place on oh. Shelbyville Road. <laughs> and the comment was um, <laughs> like that 
the U of L radio guy Rutherford is always talking about that place, and he's in with Master P. So there's got to be something shady going on there. <laughs> Why's Master P got to be shady? And it was the greatest Reddit comment of all time. I'm like, yeah, that's. The, I'm surprised that's not on your backdrop of your uh, your Twitter handle. I may have to change it. That poor guy wants me to. Change, he's been begging me to change it because he's like, I was like. <laughs> 14 years old when I sent that. T- that oh, tweet. the guy that just sent the one on your bed. <laughs> now he's like a professional. He's like trying. He's like, I don't want my name associated with this. Why don't you just like, at least like with a black bar above his name or something? I'm like, well, it's funny. What do you want me to say, Nolan? Sorry. <laughs> you make a mistake at 15, it can haunt you for the rest of your life. <laughs> don't tell me to hum those balls. So w- w- when did he write that? I don't know. I mean, it was like it was like from like 20. Because I can't see the date on the background because your other pictures. It's been like nine or ten years. Yeah. And he's like, he's like trying to be a professional. <laughs> and now he's like he's like out in the, the business world, and he's like, I don't want my name associated with this. I'm like, well, actions have consequences. The question: Who is the other person tagged in the tweet? I have no idea. A Jones. <laughs> the best part of it was. The whole thing was related to ESPN announced its college game day schedule for basketball. And we didn't have a – we just won the national title and we weren't going to be on college game day. And it was this whole thing about, you know, they still haven't come to the Yum Center, which, by the way, they still have not come to the KFC Yum Center. And he was thumping his chest over the fact that they got a college game day even though they were coming off of a first-round NIT loss. They being UK? Yes, and so then he told me to hum those. Yeah, that, that person is a UK fan that he also tagged. Poor Allen. Yeah, because he doesn't care though. He's like happy for it. He's fine. He's collateral damage. <laughs> his bio is UK 2017 Buckeye Nation. Hey, well, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Is this, is he both? I'm assuming he's a UK basketball, Ohio State football fan. Yeah. I found somebody in my mentions that was yeah. talking like a, it was like super annoying yesterday after we'd had this this exact discussion, and his no, it wasn't super annoying. He was. Thumping his chest over the Cubs, beating the Reds by a million runs again last night. And I looked at his profile, and it was, I mean, just maddening. I, got, I, got, I was more <laughs> mad when I saw his profile than I was about the fact that the Reds just gave up 16 runs. His bio was Kentucky basketball, Florida State football, Braves and Cubs. Bro, and Cubs. You can't do that. It, it, well, that, now, I mean, not allowed. I assume he did he grow up during the Superstation era? I don't care. Not allowed. Which I did, but I still kind of, I don't mind the Cubs. because well, You I can't have two favorite teams. I never liked the Cubs. I liked Harry Carey. I, I'll just say that. I would watch the broadcast because of Harry Carey. Nothing to do with the Cubs. Sorry, Andre. That there Boston. has to be a hierarchy, though. You can, <laughs> you can like, like both teams. Yeah. But you've got to have a main... A main team. And you definitely can't do the Florida State football Kentucky basketball thing. Also, you can't even like be like, at least with me, I'll be like, I like the Reds. They're my national team. The That's fine. Blue Jays are my main team, but they're my AL team. Like You can have AL and L, right, a little bit, but as long as you have one hierarchy, yeah, which is the Blue you're Jays. You're a Blue Jays fan. Oh, yeah, you're we go see a Reds Blue Jays game. I'm not rooting for the exactly. Reds to win. Yeah. And this guy, like I went through his mentions, and he's got all this stuff where he's – like I, I noticed he sent me a bunch of tweets like after Florida State games, like thumping his chest, and then it's like the other stuff is UK basketball. I'm like, this is not allowed. This you you, you can't just ignore Kentucky football and then in the winter act like you're BBN till you die. This is just I, I don't care how you grew up. At some point, you've got to become an adult and you've got to root for one college program. I I would like to say I agree, but we've had discussion about my my I can't we can't I don't know, we, I know we're not talking about my fantasy football league commissioner because I don't want to get him mad again. I mean, you don't want to make him mad. He's got enough fan bases and he's rooting for that you could send one of them after you. He's excited for his he's, Duke. He's Ohio State Duke. I, mean, that's, I, I just went that's to so I just went to to Mr. Nolan's account. Two things: one, he still has the same picture 
that he did in the picture that you took the screenshot of? Well, no, I think when – well, actually, I take it back because I think I did probably screenshot that at the time. Like, when you go back and look at tweets from, like, 2009, if you go back and look at my tweet, it'll have the same picture that I have now. Well, I just went to his account. Yeah, it won't, it won't have the same picture that you had way back then, but I'm assuming if I screenshotted that, then that is the same picture that he had back then 10 years ago. Well, his last tweet was – he uh, was a re, his last was a retweet, and it was from January, and most of them are all re- – and, and he hasn't tweeted since, like, basically January of this year. Yeah. But his second, one of his second-to-last tweets was in November – and it's with you. Oh, it is. And it's. Uh, is he asking me to take down the picture? See, that was no one doing the L's right before kickoff. The blank guy. Ha ha ha. No way. It's like a, it's like it looks like a, a text message or a DM or something. And then he just he screenshots it and he just says rent free. Above you. You're painting quite the picture here. Well, I don't know if but it looks like it looks like a I, I don't care. We, yeah. we, we, don't need, we don't need we don't need to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I do feel like he was on TV at some point, and somebody let me know that he was like like Hey, that's the the hum these yeah. And it looks like that. That's what it looks like. It looks like I can't tell if it's a DM messages or text no, message. no. It's it's text messages from somebody else, and I oh, posted okay. a screenshot where it was like the guy doing the L's down right before kickoff. Is the, the the rough dick guy? It's like his start to last tweet text though, in our tweet wasn't that from like November of last year? Yeah, there you go. He's clearly too busy with business. He's got a lot going on these days. Yeah. So, but, but but more importantly, how was how was how was man's night last night? It wasn't man's night. It was how was that was the uh, opposite of man's night. It's watch the kids by myself. Tonight. How how was how was a guy's night with a sister? I mean, it's not guys. I've got kids. Like guys' night is when you're by yourself. <laughs> there was nothing guys' night about last. Yeah, but you could give them some Nyquil and be done by like eight o'clock and have a guys' yeah, night. That's not, that's not not what happened at all. I was good. Uh, my my daughter loves Aunt Katie, so she was very excited for Aunt Katie to come over and hang out for a little bit. Uh, we took it. Who is it? We barely beat the rain. Took the, I took the kids for a walk uh, with with Penny because like we had my babysitter was still over there when I got home. And so I was like, do you care if I take Penny for a quick walk? And both kids are like, we want to go on the walk. I'm like, God. I'm like, I mean, when, when did it start raining last night? It started raining like 630. So we got, oh, okay. we got rained on a little bit for the walk. But we got it in, in time. Uh, See, I didn't home. know this when I left here. I thought it yeah, started. It a little bit. Yeah, I didn't well, get home until it was 11. It wasn't too bad. Um, so we got that done. Did dinner. Did baths. Let the kids play a little bit. They were both in, in pretty good moods. Good. And then I, I'm trying to... I'm deviating the Reds game. I'm, I'm going to do the thing where it's like I mute the notifications. I mute the notifications from the Reds text group. You know this isn't going to work. And I, I, I see some updates. Like I see the steer home run in the first. I see that we're up three nothing. I see Votto's home run. So when I'm going to put John down, we're up three nothing. When I get out from putting John down, we're up five three. I'm like, okay, good. Votto hit another one. We're still in good shape. So then I go put Virginia down, and. I see that I've got like 22 messages from the Reds group. I'm like, well, something's happening. This is this is a lot more activity for the first half of a game that I'm used to. So I go out there. I'm hanging out with my sister. I'm finally eating dinner at like 10 o'clock, and I do the thing where like I I'll watch the Reds at bats and then I fast forward like on like the lowest speed through the the Reds pitching, and then I just see like, like the Cubs score just going up. It's like, oh, I'm like, oh no, they tied it. Oh no, they took the lead. Can I oh, slow no, this down some more? Five, <laughs> and it looks like the Reds are chasing after a lot of errors here. What is Nick Senzel doing? And then yeah, by the time like by the time it gets to ten to five, I'm like, well, I don't really need to stop and watch this. So I just kind of fast forward through the whole thing. I see it's fourteen to six when I stop. I watch the last two just disgusting innings. I uh, talked to my sister for a little bit. She stays over till about uh, midnight, which is nice of her. Yeah. And then um, call it a night and slept. Uh, 
Virginia, I slept with Virginia downstairs because I wanted to be downstairs with both of them in case one of them got up. And she kicked the absolute bleep out of me for most of the night, which is fine. Which is what the Cubs did anyway. That's yeah, how I already felt, so that yeah, was okay. Start calling your little Chicago Cubs. And I think when it's dark, we don't have, like, I know a lot of people do the blackout curtains to keep their kids asleep. Like, you know, they'll have, like, the full-on, so it stays dark. I have those. Because when the sun goes in, like, kids are like, hey, it's morning time, let's wake up. Yeah. Thankfully, because it was overcast this morning, I think that that bought me like an hour or so because they both slept until about 8.15. Do you not have those blackout No, we, we put it because John slept so well on vacation in a, really, in a room with blackout curtains. We, we just did the like the poor person thing where we hung up sheets, like like, like blankets yeah, over the actual window. Yeah, that doesn't really work. As... It's worked great. It, it's, yeah. been, it's been great for him, but the problem is now Virginia, this the crack of dawn, she's up and she's she gets going, which then wakes John up. But so they both slept into eight fifteen, which was nice. And uh, we, uh, my in laws were over there. They're watching the kids till I get home today. That's uh, nice. And Mary will be home at like eight thirty. But it was yeah. It was today has been a cluster. Now John's not feeling well. Virginia and Audrey were fighting constantly. It was I, I left the house in just complete disarray. I got to work. I wonder if you're here early. Yeah. I just, <laughs> well, I was here early because I thought we were going to do this promo. Yeah, it was kind of afterwards. Yeah. I, well, I, and I just figured we'd do them afterwards because I thought there was no way we'll both get here early in time. That's going to fail. So I was like, well, just, we can just cut them after, right afterwards. And then I got here and you were already here, but I was kind of setting up the music and stuff. So just didn't get that last cigarette in. And you just smoking cigarettes. I was help, I'm helping Frank, Priorities. Move, helping Frank move from one car to the other. He's, yeah, he's, he's very excited about the <laughs> I, uh, vehicle. I was surprised to see that Cubs result last night because uh, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the Bats game. I didn't. But, I, I didn't uh, know if they won last night. But the bats for the second straight game won on a walk off in the bottom of the ninth. By the way, bats. Yes, the uh, bats won two in a row. Now, now that this last night was a different. The week, the night before, you had um, uh, the catcher. I forget his name now. The backup catcher who did the double to win the to win the game. Last night, you had a very uh, crazy ending. The bats tie game. Uh, Sirianni with a with a bullet to like center, uh, to right field, but. Uh, uh, what's his name? The what's the shortstop? The, the recruiting uh, Marley is his, his name. Marte. Marte. Marte got gunned down at home plate though. The right fielder for the Royals has a cannon for an arm, so ended up being tied. They walked, sacrificed, bases loaded, and the Royals plunk him. Oh. And so uh, the, uh, the the bats went on a wa- walk off, walk home. <laughs> I guess you could say walk in. Walk in. Walk in. Walk uh, off. Uh, I forget who got plunked. They said they were like trying to like celebrate with him at first, but he looked like he was in some pain, <laughs> which has got to suck, right? I mean, it's got to. It's the worst uh, way to celebrate. Yeah, I mean, you're like, yay, my arm is killing me. I think he's going to be hitting the shoulder. But uh, I told Josh, who's I'm, I'm doing the game again tonight. If they went on a walk off tonight, Josh might be fired. Uh, we may, we may have to just let him stay home, and I'll just have to start doing all the games. This this pace continues. So, uh, but then, but when I was leaving, they were doing the scoreboard afterwards, and like. Uh, I mentioned Votto had hit two home runs already. Yep. Apparently he had like a very funny home run going to home plate or something. He's doing some kind of dance now or something. I don't know, celebration. Uh, they were mentioning it during the broadcast. I don't know if you saw it. But and then, uh, but it was five to, like five to two or something. They're like, uh, Cubs are down. You know, Reds are up five to I'm like, all right, Reds are going to win this game. I was con- it wasn't until I finished. I was about to go to bed. I got home, watched Dynamite. Uh, watched Home Alone, watched Boogie Nights, and then I started to watch like T, just like about to go to bed, and I'm looking through this like ESPN score, and I saw that they lost like 16 to six. I was like, "What the hell?" 36 runs in uh, in two games there. I mean, good lord! You like my stat last night about uh, the Reds and pitching, don't you? 
I don't think I even saw it. Sorry. You replied to it. I saw you said something. I don't think I even like really read. It. You, you just said you just said like just blank replies. I was very tired. <laughs> uh, Lively, who gave up the thirteen runs the night before, was the first pitcher since nineteen fifteen to give up. Oh yeah, because they put they put Ben Lively on the DL afterwards. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, it's, uh, the last pitcher to give up thirteen runs in a game. I can't make up his name because this is his actual Christian name, King Lear. King Lear. Who pitched two seasons with the Reds? Had a Shakespearean run. The guy, the, the guy went six and ten and a three point oh six ERA. The only thing that I'm gonna say about last night's game, because this drives me crazy, is David Bell yanks Brandon Williamson too early every single time he pitches. Well, I thought you were gonna say kept Kevin Newman in too long. No, Newman actually started the game with a single, and I felt bad for giving him so much crap. But he yanks Williams. Like we need our bullpen is overworked already. We need. Brandon Williamson, even if he gets into a little bit of trouble, to work through it. Well, he did and that. With- he, he didn't let him go at all. He has the shortest leash. He was at like 71 pitches last night, and he yanks him, and then, I mean, we just the, the bullpen gets destroyed, and the bullpen's dead. Maybe he's afraid he's going to get injured like Lively did, who maybe left in too long. Well, Ben Lively was already already sucked. And I think he was hurt. He sucked because <laughs> he was hurt, apparently. You do have, uh, uh, um, what's that, TJ Antoni? Antoni pitched last night. He pitched sure. last night for yeah. the first time like three years, I think. I saw that. Pitched well. 11, mm-hmm. uh, 11 pitches, got a 1-2-3 inning. That was yep. nice to hear. Uh, we got some, there's some There's some arms in AAA that could help us if the, when the, the roster expands there. Be- before MLB took over the minor league system, uh, if you would play MLB the show before this year, this year now, because of the, the MLB taking over, like all the minor league players' names are already on the game, which is awesome. Like all through the rosters. Before you'd have to, to get a minor league, they gave them like fake names, unless they'd played like one game in the majors, then they could be part of like the player association. They have their name on there. So anyway, with with TJ's like basically multiple Tommy John surgeries over the last two years, and play he's played like he played a, like a cup of coffee in two, 2020, and then he was he's been out since then. Not knowing the Reds as well as I do now, because I'm such a genius. Uh, I remember like when I bought a big show back in '19, he was on there. And I could never find him on like the the, the rosters. I was like, so I just thought he was a great name. I had no idea he was a real guy until like like six months ago. Very real. <laughs> I was like, I just thought he was a native name they kept making up. I enjoy the bats. The story about them having an awkward celebration. Awkward sports celebrations are one of my favorite things. Like the you know, the, the famous Grammatica tearing the ACL after celebrating. One of my favorite stories as a kid, and I hope he's not listening. <laughs> if, if he's if he is, I apologize to my buddy Eric. But we play. You know, the Little League All-Stars. Like, it's that time of the year. Little League World Series is right around the corner. Always fun. So the first, the first step is the district tournament, and that was the, the big deal. We always, it's where my rivalry with Valley Sports originated. And so my 12-year-old year, like the last year you're eligible to play, like, it, like the big league, Little League World Series, whatever, like the last time you have a chance to make that run. We were playing district. We won our first two games, and we were playing like the winner's bracket final against Oklahoma, who's who's good. And I started pitching. I got pulled late in the game. And my buddy Eric comes in to pitch. And it's 5-4. What year was this, by the way? This would have been like 97, I guess. Okay. Um, so, like, my buddy Eric's pitching. I'm catching. And bases lure loaded. It's a one-run game. We've got two outs. Like, it all comes down to this. Wanting is notoriously wild. Throws really hard, but he has no idea where it's going. So the last out comes up. It's a 3-2 pitch. Walks a guy. It's a tie game. Gets an out. We win. We're one step closer to winning the district tournament. Strikes the kid out. And, like, we go nuts. Strike like, out. Like, we lose. Like, the whole team, like, dugout clears. Like, we're celebrating. And all of a sudden, he's like, ah, ah. He's like, I got poked in the eye. Like, starts crying. Because <laughs> he got poked in the eye. He's like, he's like, get the bleep away. Get the... And we all, like, stop for a second. 
and then we all go like two feet further down the first baseline. I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> like, everybody starts like just jumping and hugging again. And he like sits there like kind of crying by himself. I was like, well, sorry. I, I appreciate you. Kind of like out. I'm kind of disappointed. I was like, I thought I was gonna expecting like no. I mean, not not only anything bad because it is like 25 years later. But I mean, I was like, he tore his like ACL or something. I mean, no, we, we were 12, so he just him crying was enough for it to be very. Funny. That is amusing. Yeah, it was very funny, but we enjoyed it. We ended up losing to Valley Sports anyway. Who was the, who was the guy? It was a you mentioned the celebration of tore his ACL like stomping on home plate. That was that happened to uh, it. Who it was, was that? it was a guy for the Angels too. Kendrick wasn't it? I'm going to say his name was Kid because I had him in fantasy baseball, I remember, the year that happened. I was like, so ticked off. It was like, I want to say he played for the Angels. It uh, uh, looks like Morales. Mora- Kenny Morales, that's what it was. Yes. Kendris. Kendris. Okay. Ken- yeah, clo- you know me. I'm close. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I, had him, I remember having him in fantasy baseball. I'm just so ticked off. Well, the Lions had a guy. Because <laughs> he jumped on home plate and he tore his ACL. The Lions had a guy who tore his ACL. I can't remember his name for the life of me. He tore his ACL celebrating a sack. Back, this was probably like 10 years ago. Um, Tolik? Tolik? Stephen Tolik? Something like that. Uh, that one doesn't ring a toll You had about. that. You had Gus Farad. Gus Farad's the most. That was, spe- that's got to be the best headbutting the, the thing. It's either that or the Grammatica one where he's celebrating. <laughs> I mean, that just, it's such a good one. And then he just goes like, down like he just got you know shot in the, <laughs> in the woods. Uh, holding his ACL. That one's a great one. That was Bill Grammatica, right? That was right? Bill, not Martin. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That was he's jumping up and down. <laughs> it's a great one. Yeah, I guess each sport, basketball doesn't have one, though, I guess. Ooh. Who'd be the most, who'd be an embarrassing injury in basketball? Like, did somebody... People fake injuries all the time when they when they mess up breakaway dunks, right? It's soccer, you, at you, least. You, you do that thing where you mistime the dunk, and, like, you go up, and, like, you just come up short, and then, like, you miss the layup. And you're like, ugh, my hammy. Like, that, I feel like that happens a couple of times a year. I was going to say, yeah, because there's really nothing funny about, like, seeing a guy just, like, running on the court and just pop his ACL. Yeah. Or is there's Keeley just... that happen blo- enough. Keeley just blows, like, just running. Yeah, I mean, you don't... I guess sort of like getting is there did somebody maybe injured, get injured high fiving or something maybe? It's probably happened. Yeah, I just can't think of it. Well, that was good. That was a good day. It was, it was a good day. Yeah. Big plans tonight then? Uh, waiting for my wife. Maybe to get home. home. Eight thirty. So How's her trip so far? Did she tell you? She's about headed to the airport. About to head home. All right. Very quick stop in Texas. They had some meetings today. Went well. It wasn't Dallas, was it? I think it was right outside Dallas. So it was so like Fort Worth, like Dallas, hundred and five yeah. degrees. No. So she, uh, yeah, she got called a rock star several times. So she's feeling good about herself. So always makes you feel good. Watch it down there, tell her to just if she sees anything cowboy related, just spit on it for me. I will. I'll let her know. She might be listening right now. She listened to the show yesterday from the airport. So. She, uh, Excuse me, did your chest tattoo say bleep Dallas? <laughs> uh, we'll take our first break. When we come back, there's a couple of, of watch list uh, notable submissions <laughs> for Louisville. What, what, what do you have to say? Somebody sent me a trade request for Hunter Green. Okay, there you they're go. not getting. Do you think they're going to get Hunter I Green for me? Something actually related. To no, no, I'm just of course saying. not. And we'll get into the conference realignment stuff. There's a lot going on there. A lot of quotes flying around. Uh, we'll get into where things are right now, what it means for the ACC. Nobody really knows. But we can we can speculate on what it means for the ACC and what people much smarter than us are saying about the whole thing. That coming up after the break. Keep it locked right here. Mike Rutherford Show rolls on after this on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X.
welcome back in. Reminder, if you're having trouble with your air conditioning this summer, it's a little bit cooler now than it was a few days ago, but it's gonna the heat's going to pick up again before we get back to football time, and then it's going to still be hot in September. It's the way it works around here. If you have an AC problem between now and then, call our friends over at AirServe at 502-785-8600. AirServe, the home team, they got you covered 24 hours a day, every day, doesn't matter if it's 3 a.m. If you have an air conditioning problem, call that number, 502-785-8600. They'll have someone available to take your call. Come out to your home. Fix your problem. Make sure you're sleeping comfortably in that house. You can also visit them online at airserve.com slash Louisville, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com slash Louisville, or call them again, 502-785-8600. All right, conference realignment, the talk uh, continuing to dominate the sports landscape here in the dead of summer. The most recent uh, news, the the big news of the day, I suppose, is the report from Brett McMurphy saying that the Big Ten essentially is just trying to figure out the financials at this point on Oregon and Washington. They, a source told Action Network, quote, there is no more research or information needed on Oregon and Washington. We have everything we need. It certainly sounds as though the Big Ten is ready to move on OU and UW which means they'll likely go after Cal and Stanford as well, moving the conference towards that 20-team number that we've been predicting for so long. That means you've got Pac-12 scraps at this point for the Big 12 to potentially go after. The ACC could theoretically try to get them in the conference. You've got Florida State just kicking and screaming and whining about everything. Their fans bringing up television numbers that don't matter at all and showing them and throwing them in everyone's face they possibly can. Clemson fans on edge. Miami fans on edge. It's a complete mess. What we now know is, though, this the, the next shoe, because that's the thing after the Oklahoma and Texas departures and the, the UCLA and USC departures. It's all but about when, not if. When's the next shoe going to drop? It's happening sooner than a lot of people anticipated. We're going to get these teams leaving the Pac-12 in the next couple of years. Probably they're going to be eligible to go before the 2024 season, this was probably this could very easily be the last year of the Pac-12, or it could wind up being you know, the Pac-12 is going to be three or four holdovers and a bunch of teams from the Mountain West. It's sad to me that the the imprint that West Coast schools have had on college sports is essentially going to be going away, or is going to look dramatically different. And I thought Pat Forty wrote a really good column today for Sports Illustrated. I know people have their differing opinions on Pat, but you can respect good work when it's out there. He likened what's happening this week to you know, the bullet fired at Archduke Franz Ferdinand that essentially started World War One and then led to World War II and the unintended consequences of stuff like this. When you look around, everything is fueled by money, and so little actually revolves around gameplay, rivalries, tradition, pursuit of championships, everything that makes college sports so alluring for so many people, including what I would assume is pretty much everybody listening to the show. When it starts being just all about money and thumping your chest over revenue, you run the risk of going to a very dangerous place where college sports just simply are not as enticing as they used to be. If college football does become a sport where 28 teams are relevant and everybody else just doesn't have a chance, or doesn't have even a seat at the table, it's not going to be nearly as fun. And it becomes a regionalized sport where essentially the South is the only place that really cares deeply, and I guess parts of the Midwest, cares deeply about college football. College basketball, 
will be negatively impacted. I don't think the impact will be as drastic because you've got a gigantic NCAA tournament that sort of is the levels of the playing field for everybody. Will these mega conferences get more teams in that maybe they deserve? Sure. But that's always kind of been the case. And if they aren't worthy of the spots they're getting, that'll show out in March Madness. So I think college basketball will be okay. What sucks is the elimination of the rivalries, the elimination of the history, trying to sell the fan base on UCLA, Minnesota in the dead of winter as being something they should be excited about. Say what you will about you know UCLA versus Washington State. At least there's history there. At least the fan bases know each other. At least there's bleep talking that goes on. This whole thing just sucks. And it's gotten to a point where all I can do is just focus on the season ahead. Obviously, what happens to Louisville and all this, what happens to the ACC, has a direct impact on all of us. It has a direct impact on how much we're going to be able to enjoy sports moving forward. It's going to have a, a large impact on the revenue that UofL receives out of all this. And in turn, the opportunities that UofL has to pursue conference championships and national championships. But for right now, there's nothing that any of us can do about that. I'm just hoping that we have a fun football season to look ahead to, that we can enjoy the ACC for at least a few more years in its current form, because I think the ACC is headed in sort of a fun place. I like that we've gotten rid of the divisions. I like that we're going to one giant conference. I like the repeat three opponents. Uh, I I like the notion of the top two teams getting to play in a conference championship game, which could potentially be a rematch. Um, I love that we've got this 12-team playoff on the horizon. I think it just is going to make college football that much more exciting. But the the collapse of the landscape of the sport as all of us have known it. And I know there have been some moving and shaking going on, but nothing like this. Nothing like where the Pac-12 might just disappear entirely and where schools have no geographic identity whatsoever. It, it's going to make all of this, at the very best, a little less fun. And at the very worst, it's eventually going to get to a place where we look back 20 years from now and say, what the hell was anybody thinking? This this ruined everything that was one. Remember back in, in can't wait twenty minutes. I can tell you that yeah, already. Remember back in two thousand seven, like how great that was. Remember the, the the halcyon days of when you were a sophomore in college and what the conferences looked like then. And I I, I fear that we're going to do that. And like when you and I are sixty five and seventy, God willing, like they're going to go, to go back to. There's going to be some reversion. They're going to go back. Let's bring back the old Pac twelve. Let's bring back the West Coast conferences. Let's bring back all that made college sports great entirely. And we will have all just been spinning our wheels for no reason other than greed at the hands of a very few small select group of people that tank college sports for the next couple of decades. Yeah, I don't think that the people who are, are making these decisions care that UCLA has to go out to Minnesota in the middle of winter. They don't. The players are going to are gonna care that they're now suddenly going on a road trip in the week four. And instead of being in sunny, you know, California, Cal Berkeley, they're going to be at, at, in in Minnesota, well, meanwhile, the people who pulled the trigger on this are going to be in nice heated suites because they don't have anything to worry about. It's not their concern. I mean, it's the Pac-12. I mean, Pac-12 is gone, right? It's dead. I mean, it's, it certainly seems. It's that the way. vultures. Yeah, I mean, it's this is the day where it feels like it's. I guess this gone. is kind of like the. I mean, this the closest thing to this that I can remember in my lifetime. Maybe the Southwest Conference dissolving the way it did, but and even that though, it just kind of dissolved into the Big Eight, and you at least had geographical like common sense involved. Like when, because you know Arkansas left for the SEC, and you kind of, kind of like, we're like, okay, you know, Southwest, which was all pretty much Texas and Arkansas at the time, and I mean that was the last kind of major conference to like just kind of, I guess, disappear. Mm-hmm. 
And that, again, that happened finally. I think once they merged in 94, 95, I want to say. But even then, like I said, it was just, it was, it was at least geographically made sense. This has, makes no sense. I mean, I, I can just thank God Bill Walton's too high to realize what's going on right now. I mean, when he, when he, when he comes back down, he's going to be really upset. But hopefully he, he will stay up on that, that cloud nine for long enough to, to not realize this. And I, So who, who's left? So we got Oregon and Oregon State left, right? Who's technically left in the Pac-12 if the, day, if, the if this stuff goes through? Well, if we're saying that Oregon, Washington, Cal, and Sanford are gone. Okay, oh, they are gone. Okay, that's the, the the word. That's the word for the the Big Ten. The Big Ten's that's who they're going after. You've still got Oregon State and Washington State. It sounds like Arizona, Utah, and Arizona State will go to the Big Twelve. So you've basically just got Washington State and Oregon State. The poor dude with the game day flag. The whole thing reminds me of, and I know the clip kind of went viral after that. Remember the Oakland A's fan at, when they had the the reverse boycott, and they all they they sold out the place they, or whatever. They, they had the reverse boycott, degree. and the yeah. one fan held the sign that just said Ted Lasso season four, or season three, episode eight, and had like the time frame. Yeah, the, the, and it's the, a it's a clip of Rebecca Walton at the speech when they're again art imitating life. They're they're doing. There's a character who tries to form a soccer super league, which very like, happened three years ago and ended yeah. up falling apart. And you know, all the, these rich owners are meeting in this small room, and you know, it's, it sounds like a great idea. We can have even more money, the, the best players, all of this stuff. And finally, the Rebecca, the hero of the scene, who owns the the, the franchise that the show is based on, says, "You know, got a brain fart on the name of the team, aren't you?" ASC Richmond. Okay. She says, "Why would you ever considering taking something away from people that mean so much to them? Like, don't you people?" have enough money how much more money do you really need and this isn't just a game this means so much to everybody this is about them it's not about you and it's kind of what you keep thinking in all this it is it just how much is enough it's the money it matters to the universities it matters to the people involved a great deal because they're the ones profiting off of it but when i see like the florida state fans doing the thing where yeah, look at our the, the revenue that we produce compared to the rest of the conference. And, and you know, Louisville fans have done this in the past too with basketball. Like that's all great because it gives you a better chance of success. But that doesn't it, it doesn't matter when it comes to sports fandom and, and what we're all after. We're after the on court, on field results. We're after the pursuit of championships. We're after wins over our arch rivals. We're after the memories, the, 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 all that stuff. I, if if Louisville like the, the last four or five years where Louisville basketball has been in a place that none of us ever thought was possible in our lifetimes, and we've remained a top-three revenue producer in the sport, like, that's great. It hasn't made up for the pain of us winning four games last year or winning 13 games two years ago. It means nothing to us. It doesn't affect me whatsoever, the fact that we're still making X amount of money, even in down years. I'm sure it helps the university. I'm sure it helps you know, the, the basketball program to remain potentially successful moving forward. But for me, as a fan sitting here, like, I... I'm not throwing the, hey, number one revenue producer even in the face of all this in anybody else's face because it doesn't change the fact that we won four games last season. It's mm. about the players and the results. And eventually, we're going to get to a point where this whole thing becomes so warped and that part of it, the equation is so long forgotten that people are going to check out. because. Well, I mean, you're always going to have your alumni fan bases. Are you? I mean, I, yeah. I mean, you're still gonna have people that like, you know. But I mean, what you're gonna do is you're gonna eliminate any chance of anyone outside of maybe like your three major conferences ever getting a fan base that is 
outside of their own alumni. Like, you're not going to have people like going, oh, I like Florida State. And I didn't go there, but I'm a Florida State fan. Or, I mean, Washington State's, you know, Oregon State, not that they carry a, whole, a long, you know, large water of that, but th- that's going to be out the window. I mean, no one, you're not going to root for Washington State when they're playing an independent and have no chance of ever winning a championship in football because they're not part of the SEC, Big 12, or, or Big 10. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't know how much that really – Plays plays a part in all this in, in what we're talking. I mean, yeah, I, I guess you won't have as many sidewalk Washington State fans, but well, I'm just using an example. As, as, but I mean, to begin with, I thought David Hale had a really good thread today talking about. Oh, they got a guy who calls, goes across the country. I think they have a pretty good fan talking about the, the, the latest developments with the ACC, and, and you know, he covers the ACC for a long time, has done a good job for for ESPN, and basically says, you know, nothing's really changed for the ACC in all this. There's a lot of posturing going on. There's a lot of chest thumping happening. The fact of the matter is these Florida State people, you know, they've been threatening to leave for a long time. And yesterday they got very gung-ho about this. They were making a lot of broad um, assertions. There's a whole lot of – it's not a matter of – you know, Drew Weatherford comes out and says, it's not a matter of if we're going to leave the ACC. It's a matter of when. Nobody has proposed a plan of how they're going to do this. At some point, like, you've got to give us some your, what your exit strategy is. How are you getting out of the grant of rights? How are you getting out of here before 2036? It's cool if you just say, don't worry, we got a plan. We got. It sounds like the George R.R. R. Martin thing where he's talking about writing the book, and he's like, it's, it's coming. Don't worry about Don't you worry about that. We've been hearing it for 13 years, and that's kind of what Florida State is doing. Uh, Hale said this. I think he wrote it, by the way. He just want to share it. You think so? He says he's working on it every day. <laughs> Hale said this. He said, first, what's take away from the FSU Board of Trustees meeting? That the Knowles want to get out of the league because they're not getting enough money? This is not new. Alfred's been saying this, Clemson's been saying this, Miami's been saying this too. The needle moves when there's a plan to actually do it, and that hasn't happened. So why all the smoke this week? For one, FSU's got nothing to lose. Piss off some folks, who cares? What are you going to do, kick them out of the league? Chaos is opportunity for the Knowles, Clemson, and others. Is it a great negotiating position if really leaving? We don't know. But also it's a reminder that A, you've got an antsy fan base that they're trying to please. B, the conference and Alford still want a bigger share of revenue to go to the biggest draw. And C, ESPN, who doesn't want to lose FSU and others to the Big Ten and Fox, which is kind of forgotten in all this. Like ESPN has, they've got a financial stake in what happens to the ACC. They've already lost the Big Ten. They've, yeah, you, you know, they, they've, they, they don't, the Pac-12 is going away. The ACC, while it's not going to do the numbers that the SEC does with CBS or that the the Big Ten's doing going to do with Fox. It does decent numbers for its biggest games on the ESPN family of networks on ABC. You know, when you get Clemson playing in a game that is directly related to what's going to happen in the college football playoff, that's going to put eyeballs on. And also, I know basketball is a secondary deal in all this. It's far off the radar. But still, ESPN, their cash cow during the winter months is college basketball. And the ACC is their primary conference, even when the league has been down the last couple of years. North Carolina Duke is always the highest rated or the two highest rated regular season games. They have a stake in keeping the ACC intact. Hale says, but rhetoric is something, and it warrants serious discussion, which is why I like the quote from uh, Drew Weatherford talking about it's not a matter of if we leave, it's a matter of when we leave. The if here has essentially been a foregone conclusion for FSU and Clemson for a while, but the bottom line is there's no clear way to leave the ACC to fix a $30 million-plus annual revenue. So the only alternative is to leave. But the when and how, much more complicated. He goes on to talk about the if, goes on to talk about the grant of rights, goes on to talk about how do you pull that money. The fact of the matter is nobody's come up with a plan for this to happen. 
So if the ACC does dissolve, and I know everyone's threatening, everyone's saying it's going, like, I, don't, I still don't think it's going to happen in a way that affects the next couple of seasons. I mean, you, you know, people are throwing out the hypothetical of the F, like FSU getting eight schools to just dissolve the conference and make it go away. I can't see that happening. Why would Louisville sign up for that if we didn't have a, a safe landing spot? I mean, maybe if we did have the Big 12 out there or if the SEC extended an olive branch or if teams expanded 22, maybe. But if it's just going to get us left out in the cold, then why are we going to do that? If We're not going to just throw ourselves into the fire because Florida State, Clemson, Miami, and, and North Carolina want to go land somewhere else. I, I just I don't see it. Um, Hale says, of course, another big factor that I've noted before is the cachet of being in a Power 2 league. I've talked to a handful of ACC coaches recently who've raised serious concerns that being seen as a JV league is already hurting them on the recruiting trail. Perception is reality. And this is the real crux of the issue. FSU and Clemson have enough now to win a natty. There's an easier path in the ACC, which has value. They have money and buildings, but they need to add new players every year, and increasingly that's very expensive. Player acquisition has become everything in college football, either with recruiting cachet, collective money, or ultimately, if we get a pay-for-play model, all of this is survivable in the short term, but that might mean two to three years before it severely impacts the product. For the record, I think if Clemson's having recruiting issues, it's not because of their conference, because of their coach. Maybe. I mean, he's also he's basically, you know, he's no transfers and no transfer portal. That stuff. It's kind of, it's gonna make, it's gonna rub people the wrong way, regardless. It, it is, and, and you know, they've kind of they've softened on that, and he's brought in some big-time recruiters. Um, for that purpose. I think now they're, they're back to recruiting well. But I think Hale's point is, yeah, for right now, it's great. Like, you can sell, the, you know, class of 2023 players, class of 2024 players. We've got a solid path to the playoff. Look at what we've done recently, all this stuff. Look at our recent recruiting rankings. But moving forward, if you've got Ohio State and Bama and Georgia out there and they're saying, look, by the time you get to be a sophomore or a junior in college – we're going to be in one of two conferences that matter. It's going to resonate with kids. Like if they feel like going to Clemson or going to Florida State, they don't have a path to a national championship by the time 2027 rolls around. Like that is probably going to impact their decision. And I think that's what this whole thing is about. It's the fear from FSU and Clemson of getting left behind. They feel like if they don't do anything, then they're just going to sit on their hands and knees while the rest of the sport runs away from them. Now they don't know what to do, so they're just kind of kicking and screaming at this point. But that's a, a huge part of what's going on right now. Another huge part is, and this is very real, and we've discussed it on the show a number of times. I think every local show has discussed this. The media landscape's a mess. The same reason the ACC isn't adding is why this isn't simple for the Big Ten and the SEC. Adding FSU Clemson doesn't change the Big Ten's short-term financial picture. The ACC, granted rights, complicates the value of all these programs a lot. The ACC's TV contract right now that goes through 2030, it stinks. It yeah, stinks out loud. And you've got the Big Ten Back out there. Back in comparison, especially. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, you got the Big Ten out there signing a billion-dollar deal, and they get a chance to re-up before we get a chance to re-up our current crap deal. That's, that, that's huge. It's great that they get prime TV slots on ABC and ESPN on most, almost every weekend, but that's going to get tougher and tougher. When these super conferences take but over. That's also great for ESPN and ABC, who's paying the ACC Network peanuts and making hand over fist off the, the advertising exactly. of being on those TV channels. Exactly. 
So all of this leads back to how do you get out of the grant of the right grant of rights? And the short answer is you can't. You, I mean, you, how did you, you ever sign a deal longer than three years? You can't do it. I mean, it's always you never go longer than three years on any TV deal. That's just, I mean, Texas and Oklahoma. They, there was it for people asking like, why is this unique to the ACC? There was a grant of rights deal in the Big Twelve, which is why Texas and Oklahoma had to wait three years or two years, yeah, and still pay fifty million dollars, like to leave one year early. They waited till it went down. The ACC doesn't fluctuate. If you want to leave any time before twenty thirty six, you're paying a hundred million dollars. They have reviewed. I mean, FSU has looked into this thing for two years. Every legal mind in that area has tried to look for a loophole. The fact that they have not found one yet just says to me, "There's no getting out of this. There's no way to get out." Can they just not show up? I mean, I guess if you want to just tank. I mean, so we're not even no tank. Just don't show up. Just not play. Just don't. Yeah, refuse to play. Good luck. I mean, can they like sue them? I don't know. There's some kind of like I don't know. I don't have the. The contract in front of me, so. Yeah. It's, I mean, again, it goes back to the whole, the only feasible way out is that rumor that eight more, eight or more teams have to leave to dissolve the league. One, no one's even 100% sure if that's even possible. Like, that, like that, that's just, it's been out there. A bunch of people have, fl- have talked about it. I have not seen anybody credible say this is a real thing that could actually happen. Two, the team's. That we're, that we're talking about outside of those big four, which you know, in this hypothetical that's been tossed out there, includes Louisville, we would get much more for staying and taking the payouts from those that are leaving. It would make no sense. Like We would get more money if FSU, Clemson, Miami, and whoever leave, and we got to stay and take their money and, st- and stick around in the ACC. Like That would be the best financial deal for us, outside of, again, getting offered by the Big Ten or the, the SEC or you know, what have you. It all just... I think the ACC is going to be stuck. I think they're going to sit here at 14 teams. I think they're going to hope that it it works out well and that they don't get completely left in the dust by the other two mega conferences. Well, they've already been left in the dust. And it's why I hate doing this. But we probably like and I don't think I can I don't think I can bring myself to do it. It would be in everyone's best interest if ACC football teams do well the next couple of years. Like Clemson winning a national title would be good for us even though I could never root for it. And Florida State fans have made me so annoyed that I don't think I could root for that either. <laughs> but it'd be it would be nice if the ACC can hold its own in football and get get it going a little bit in men's basketball as well this year because they've gotten left behind a little bit in that. Uh, but this whole thing is just haven't we had a Final Four team like three straight years or four straight years or something? Like that? We have, but you know the conference RPI and the conference you know the, the overall rating has no. been like fifth or sixth, and you know the, the teams that have made runs. I mean. Duke did it as a four. Carolina did it as an eight. Miami yeah, the problem is the best thing is our TV. I guarantee our TV ratings are better than as good as if not better. Oh, yeah. than the, sure. That's what that's what he, that's what they care about more than they care about maybe the RPIs. And I keep seeing Florida State fans are, are thumping their chest over TV. Every because they play the teams that fans watch. Yeah, every <laughs> thread about Florida State not having a good record the last five years is just loaded. With FSU fans throwing TV ratings in people's faces and doing all this stuff, and you know, they play like you said, they play big time non conference games. That's where the bulk of their TV ratings come from. In conference games, Clemson's actually had the better ratings, which would is understandable given the fact that they're the team that's always top five. They're the team that people want to watch play. But if you look at those those TV ratings, number four on that list, the highest TV ratings in the ACC since 2014 when we joined, we're number four. We're behind only Florida State, Clemson, and Miami. For for just that's, that's overall sports TV ratings. That's no, 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 football. College oh, football. for football. Okay. Well, yeah. Which I mean, 
you'd think we'd be able to use that too, but just no, like, I don't understand like the whole, every rationale that people have for, for Clemson and Florida State when it comes to, like, you know, people, money, TV ratings. Well, we're the third biggest revenue producer in the conference. We were first last year. We're the fourth biggest draw in college football, which is what this whole thing revolves around. We already know about the TV ratings when it comes to basketball. Eh, hands up. I, I you know, I, and yet we're never talked about as being like a top eight brand that one of these conferences want to pick off. I don't. This is because we're 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 in a to say the to be generous a mid major market. It's the coastal elites. That's that's all. That's my answer for everything. It's I mean, the I coastal elites. I mean South Carolina, but. I yeah I, I guess just the you know, the brands of, of I mean, Clemson and Florida State are the football cash cows. There's no getting around that. Miami's third right there for sure. North Carolina is a huge brand because of Nike and Jordan and all that stuff. But you would think that we would be right there after them. But for whatever reason, we're not. I mean, NC State somehow is is above us in these pecking order. I, I just it none of this all makes much sense to me. I I just want it all to go away. I I want to be able to focus on games. I want to be able to focus on the fun stuff. Developing rivalries. Well, this has been going on now for a decade, right? More than a decade. It's, I mean, if you want to go back, I mean, hell, I mean, we, well, give it, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean, when we started the whole, when we were involved in the, when it when it really began, when when we moved to the, 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 the West Virginia stuff, yeah, yeah. And it hasn't really stopped. In mean, 2011, then was the big helping when Pitt and Syracuse leave mm-hmm. left the Big East. That was the one I'm thinking. That's that that's the where I see it as the beginning. Now that's going to the Big East as much as. When Pitt and Syracuse bounced, which led to us bouncing in West Virginia and everybody, and then that's when the dominoes started really falling for me. Which Pitt and Syracuse—that's who we blame for all this. And ESPN—they ruined it. They tanked it. All right, we gotta go to break. We ruined it enough for us. Four o'clock hours coming up. We'll turn it over to you guys on the Thornton Sex Line. See what you have uh, uh, as far as your thoughts on the day. Talk a little Louisville football practice as well, and then play some MIVA hole with Trevor Kelsey. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Thursday here on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. <laughs> okay. I love telling you stuff in the first segment because I know you never pay attention. What were the other two songs? Um, nope, 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 no. nope. No, I, remember, I liked them. <laughs> I just can't remember what they were. My short-term memories. I, 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 like, I love you keep bashing me for not paying attention, but you and you only do it in like the first 30 minutes of the show. You could you could care less what I say in the first 30 minutes of the show. That's I think. not true. What did I talk about in the first 30 minutes? We talked about your night before AEW, the triple threat <laughs> match. You're excited about the, the saying the night before is a given, though. <laughs> well, it's kind of what we do. Yeah, that's true. I don't think you talked about anything else. You talked about my night. No, that's pretty much it. But, and you missed a few things in there, but sorry. Right. That was it. We talked about uh, your uh, the 
celebrations, awkward celebrations. We did. We did. We talked about, about you covering the bats last night. The bats. So you talked at length about TJ Anton and your Reds dynasty and <laughs> how they used to have uh, you know names that were auto-generated in the minor leagues, and you Look thought TJ Anton was one. Look at you. You do listen to me sometimes. I always listen. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Um, <laughs> uh, we will take some text here. And a reminder, Thornton's hooking up the best deals all summer long. All you have to do to take advantage is download the Refreshing Rewards app on your phone. It's going to save you money at the pump. It'll save you money inside. It'll save you money everywhere. Anytime you stop into one of the 85,336 area Thornton's locations. When you do that, text us at 502-414-1450. Text us. Text us. Text us. Texture says... Three-way, six-man parking lot brawl is a typical Wednesday night for TK's mom. <laughs> I promise I didn't see the end. I didn't see the end <laughs> when I started reading it. <laughs> That's funny. Texture says this is a KRC text. It's a it's a down with the thickness bumper sticker. It says Scoots needs one of these for his new car. <laughs> Scoots down with the thickness. That Scoots is Scoots has like like a little bit of. Cushion for the, for the pushing a little bit. Okay. And, and he's more, and he's kind of like a, he, he likes the older ladies. I know. I know, which is the odd part about Rebecca Black, but I mean, <sighs> he's just, he's never going to live that one down. <laughs> he's very handy, but he's, that, that was a bad moment. Speaking of uh, on similar notes, we talked last week. I think we got a couple of questions about it this week too on the text line about the situation at Manual with the, um, the Stoner brothers, not that's not a euphemism. <laughs> Their last names are Stoner. And the the head coach has been arrested now and charged yeah. with, with having sex with a minor, I think multiple minors. His brother, who was an assistant coach, has also uh, been accused of that. There was another today, the Bullet East soccer coach, uh, Brian Davis, 45 years old, apparently showed frontal nude digital photographs of himself to 14- and 15-year-old girls during a soccer camp this summer. What is wrong with these people? We really need to start working on our screening process for for hiring coaches in Jefferson County. I, this is like the the, you know, the what the the fourth or fifth story like this that we've had in just the last couple of months. I mean, just not only that, just the last couple. I mean, Wagner's football coach had we they had an issue ago, a couple yeah. years ago. I mean, we've had some principal issues. We've had Oldham County's had issues with their basketball coach at one time in the past. I mean. Like I feel like there shouldn't there, there you shouldn't have to be able to go beyond like one or two in your lifetime of incidents of this type of story, and we can name probably a dozen in the last dozen half six years. What I always think of too is you know when we hear all these stories, you know whether it's a a coach or a teacher having sex with a student and the student finally coming clean. Like how many of these stories are we not hearing? Right? Like how many are, of these people are not getting caught? Because I mean, with the manual guy, I mean he was supposedly picking her up and taking her home and. I just don't, and, and again, like I, you know, I don't know what's going on with people. I, you don't want to judge on certain things, but when it comes to this, like I just don't understand. I, I mean, there's, there's just no part of me that is like, I, I, I don't, I, I don't get it. Like, there are so many other ways to handle that urge, I guess, if you have it, than to actually try to engage in sexual activity with somebody who is 35, 40 years younger than you. I, it's, it, I just. Uh, Blows my mind that we keep having these stories come up I mean, year if, after year. If she's seventeen, just wait a year. Just wait. Find somebody <laughs> your own age. Just you know. that too. But I'm just saying. I mean, at least. I mean, what do you even talk about with a sixteen-year-old girl? I, I don't. Do don't even. Just don't get me started. I. I couldn't. I don't. I. I feel out of. 
place talking to a 30-year-old girl. <laughs> I'm just not hip enough for that. If I became <laughs> single now, like I, I think I would just be done. I, I, have, I have no idea what I would do. Oh, I would be wishing Phoenix Hill would reopen probably. I mean, that's about the, the only thing I would hope for. I'd, I'm at the point where I'm probably going like to the Piggly Wiggly to pick up women. It's been like 11 years since <laughs> I've had to try. I, I don't. I mean, I can't. I don't even know if I, you know. You, you, you fall off that horse, you can't get back on at some point. You get, your, your legs get old. Oh, horse. Okay, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mr. I was like, what did he say? Oh, wait a second. <laughs> well Texas, what's the update on uh, Trevor taking the September ACT? Tomorrow's the deadline. Uh, I got to look at I did. I did look into the website a little bit last night during the Bats game, but then I got worried because like a video started playing and oh. we we can't. <laughs> you can't have that. I know I can't have like Nick Kern, Sirhani <laughs> coming to the plate. You want to get your ACT? <laughs> want to go to college? I've goofed up once on that, and he he let me have it on the air. I, I, I an ESPN video was playing. Didn't realize, and this is when automation was working, so it's even less of an excuse. But I potted him up, like right, and I didn't realize ESPN was playing, and it was coming. I was like, Mike Breen was doing like a play-by-play of like the NBA playoff game. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it got two seconds of Breen on the air, and I, I, I got it turned off. And but, but Nick comes on, he's like, "Here we are, at the bottom of the third. Me, Mike Breen, and Jim Couch here <laughs> calling the game. Like, oh, thanks, Nick." <laughs> Texas says, where do you go over under 18 on Trevor's score in the ACT in September? Oh, I can – wait a minute. What, what's in – I can do 18, right? 18 is what you have to, to get to be eligible to play college sports. Though I'm worried about the math. The math is the one I'm scared about because I'm not good at math to begin with, and I can't imagine how much I have forgotten that I did barely knew when I was doing like, – in grade school area. When it gets like to like the the weird like work the the long subtra- long division and all the different multiples, I'm gonna I'm gonna screw something up. Especially, especially if you throw in fractions. Keep in mind too that when you were younger and even more motivated, you left in the middle of the ACT to smoke a bowl <laughs> and just <laughs> never came back to take that. And that was yeah. when you had more at stake. No, I told you the reason I did that was because I knew I had realized before going into the test that I had, had nothing at stake. I I ordered the test thinking I needed because so you you'd, you'd already paid for it. Because I don't, yeah, that's the only reason I even you went. Still could have taken it. Well, I kind of did. So basically, the same scenario: you left in the middle of it to smoke a bowl and just didn't come back. I I came back. I just later than I just forgot. I have significant doubts about your ability to stay focused for a full like two and a half hours. How long is this thing gonna take? It's a long test. Like, like, is it going to be all day? No, That's the other thing. Like, I think it's like two and a half hours. I think the texter, I, I, I replied something back to the text on the text on last night, and he said the, the, the key thing is getting a date where you don't have to enter. It doesn't mess with our fo- my football watching. Well, it's, I think the date is September 4th. Do we have a game that day? No, I think it's the 9th. And so we, it's, the, it's, the, it's the weekend that we have. It's a Saturday that we play Murray State on Thursday. Oh, well, that worked out so perfect. So you'd be good to go. But you got to register by tomorrow. Okay, well, that's fine. It's like 50 bucks. I can, I'm go. Why don't you take it with me? I don't want to take it. Come on. I've got no desire to take it. Come on. We'll go to be ACT Brothers. No. <laughs> I've, got, I've got no desire. <laughs> Come on. You, you can, t- and then we'll see which one of us does better. Absolutely. I've already taken the ACT. It was 20 years ago. Yeah, but, but you but got, you it. got, like, like, I can't, I'm not going to, like, flaunt. 
Like, if my score's not better than yours from back then, I'll be like, well, my 20 years ago score would have been better. Right? You got to come on. You got to go now with me. I'm not, I don't want to take the ACC. I'll pay for it. No, I don't, I don't want to. I, there, I don't want to sit through any standardized test. If you want to engage in this activity, I think it's fun. I think it's good content. I'm not sitting down to, to, to focus on anything. I think the listeners should do it with me. We're just going to show up as a big group to this test. <laughs> like, listeners and you and texters. And it's the Parsi D woman's going to be like, what the hell? I mean, I I probably would do worse now. I mean, I, there's no probably. Like, I, I okay, forgot a lot of stuff from school. I think we should do it together. <laughs> hand in hand, let's walk in there. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Texture says, uh, Mike, I can promise you the car washes are that profitable. There is no month of the year that cars don't need to be washed, and it's passive income. I just I never see anybody at them. There's like 17 by my house. I drive by them all the time. At most, there's like one car in line. Yeah, I mean, I've never the one the one I used to go to the most over by Walgreens on Westport Road in Hurstburn, or yeah, Hurstburn Westport. Uh, it's not. I think it got she got sold out. Now it's a Mike's. I think they're all Mike's. Yeah, there's a lot there's of so many Mike's. Yeah, there. there's a lot of Mike's out there. I agree. I mean, I probably haven't gotten my car washed in months. Either one of ours. But that's the one where like they actually have people working there too. Like I'm I, the the ones that I think of are the, like the the ones that you just nobody there. They're just sitting there, self operational. Texas, the car wash biz fad is like the storage unit craze. Well, storage units are still around. And people are still storing. Stuff. I still I see store, new storage units popping up regularly. Clearly, they're getting filled. Yeah, do you have a storage unit? No, we've talked about it though. Because I've got one. I think eventually we'll just move into. Well, God, I mean the housing market now. It's. I don't think we can move for like another couple of years. I mean, I, I've got plenty of room in my house. I just don't want to like deal with like filling up a. I've got storage units. I'll just I'm not a pack rat. I mean, I've got posters in there, just memorabilia, all of my souvenir cups I've collected over the years. I mean, can't lose the cups. No, it's all in like Tupperware um, plastic uh, containers, so just in case then rained in. Texas, it's a matter of time before Saudi money hits college football. It sure feels like it. I mean, we already talked about that, right, though, haven't we? Yeah, maybe even Did they said, would go after basketball before they went after college football anyway? Uh, it sounds like they're even talking about college football now. Being involved in collectives, getting involved in the sport. I mean, getting involved like, with bringing a game over there or something? I don't know. I mean, doing something. I mean, I think, we'll I think we'll that, have to play, like, Pittsburgh and Saudi Arabia. We played uh, Syracuse and Tokyo one know. time. So, well, Tokyo has had a few games over the years. I mean, Tokyo, they had a bowl game. They, they, do you remember? I don't know if you caught this when we were watching the Liberty Bowl. They mentioned that the game, Michigan State's last game was in Japan. I didn't catch before that. that was their last game before they had to play Louisville in the bowl game. It was in a game. Um, oh, I can't remember who they said they played, but they had they did they played in Japan their last game. Texas says Trevor still storytelling is all over the place today. Is this your first time listening to the show? Well, what am I talking about? I was I was on key with my what, what story did I go over the place with? All of them. <laughs> Can you be a little more specific, please? Texas says the one time at band camp, <laughs> I'm pitching. My buddy Eric is catching American Pie reference for TK. <laughs> band camp. I mean, come on. When you first saw that, and she drops that storyline, that was great. You, I mean, there wasn't a person that in that was hadn't seen that movie and didn't know it was coming. They just didn't just go like just do a double take jaw drop. Well, the thing is because they you know, that back in the day when you actually watched commercials and you had commercials for movies, you know that was in every single ad for American Pie was she goes this one time at band camp and like you never knew where it was going. You knew it was going to be something sexual when you saw the actual movie and it was going to be something uncensored. Yeah, but, but the first time you saw it, the first time I saw the actual movie, 
and heard what she said. I was like, oh, okay, this is great. I mean, but you spend you spend two hours or at least hours of her just giving the random story. We played backwards and we couldn't butter. Right. And it's, it's literally, I'm saying, like, out of nowhere. I don't mean, I guess I didn't expect it maybe to be sexual. Maybe 19 year old Trevor, whatever, 18 year old when the movie came out was more not less naive. But I guess I remember being in theaters and her just, <laughs> I took a flute and I'm like, what? <laughs> I think I missed the next five minutes of the movie just laughing so hard. It's a, it's a shock moment. For that sure. and when, when Stifler took the drink of the beer. <laughs> I've got a story that I can't tell. <laughs> but I want to. That part, I think I missed the five minutes of the movie originally that because I was in tears laughing so hard. <laughs> Texas says, Did I really just hear Trevor say he watched Home Alone and Boogie Nights back to back last night? I literally can't think of any two movies that are more polar opposites in content, ideology, and how you feel at the end of them. I liked both, but I can't imagine following one up with the other. TK, you are truly an enigma. He does this all the time. Well, if I don't know if you put them back to. I mean, I, I did watch them back to back. I watched AEW, then I watched Home Alone, then I watched Boogie Nights. You'll watch three movies that are. It, it's like you know Schindler's List. Uh, <laughs> I told you I've never seen Schindler's Nemo. List all the way through, though. Yeah, but you, you watch three movies that are just the polar opposites of one another. Well, I just I'm just kind of sometimes I let cable dictate what I watch. Sometimes it's just I don't know. I, I'm, I'll watch a comedy, and maybe I'm, I'm, I want something more dramatic after that. I want to kind of even myself out. I'm like, You're a human movie channel. I'm like Elvis, you know, and he wakes up. He takes uppers to get going, but he's too pumped up, so he has to take downers to mellow out. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of a movie, you know. And I don't know, Home Alone and Boogie Nights, if you, if you put them next to each other, they, they do have some similar comparisons. Yeah. I mean, Dirk Diggler's mom throws him out because she doesn't, you know, doesn't want him anymore. Kevin's mom leaves him alone because she's, you know, a bad parent. <laughs> I don't know where Burt Reynolds comes in with 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 Daniel Stern, but there's got to be a comparison somewhere. The old man with the shovel is 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 it's uh, <laughs> like uh, you know Jack Horner, sure. taking him in. Yeah, keep going. Please don't actually. I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I've lost this at Roller Girl and uh, Amber Waves, but I mean, Texas says realignment, real talk. Louisville has always been fighting upwards, so I don't care. Let's play football. I kind of like that actually. Yeah, as long as they remain in a conference that has access to the playoff, I think that you you feel okay about that. Like you know, if it, if it gets to a point where here's the other thing that's going to happen with these these mega conferences is, I mean. Somebody's gonna have to finish sixth or seventh, right? Like you know, let's say that the SEC does wind up taking Florida State and Clemson, Miami and, and North Carolina. That's the twenty-team league. I mean, you've got Alabama, LSU, Georgia, FSU, Clemson, Auburn, Tennessee, Florida. You just name an SEC scores, right? Yes, like like. <laughs> Those teams, like some of those teams, are going to finish tenth or eleventh in that league. You're going to be firing coaches constantly because only one team can win. Only a couple of teams are going to make the playoff from there. You know, even if the, even if the those two mega conferences dominate the college football playoff, you're only getting four or five tops from your league into that league and into that playoff. So, one of the pitches that you can make if you're Louisville and you're on the outside looking in is we still got a more manageable road to the playoff. And you know, once you get there, it doesn't matter what your conference affiliation is. It's it's single elimination. You get to prove it on the field. It's like the NCAA tournament in basketball. Uh, conference conference affiliation doesn't matter. It's it's better team wins on that day. So, like, it, I just think it's going to be a mess. Yeah, the coaching thing is something. Yeah, that's. I don't think it gets brought up and be enough. You're right. It's like, I mean, you'll have you know, like you said, you'll have your Alabama, who's, who's 
you know, in Georgia right now with Kirby Smart, so obviously not going anywhere. But, yeah, I mean, your schools that do have higher expectations, like your Florida's and your Auburn's and your Tennessee's, I mean, look at Florida over the last 10 years, really, since they were They've won, what, like five coaches in right. 10 years? I and mean, Look at Tennessee over the last 20 years. Yeah, I mean. It's, it's, not, it's not for lack of resources or effort. No, no, no. I mean, both programs, I mean, you bring in the right coach, I mean, I mean, hell, even Alabama. I mean, it's proven that if you don't have the right coach, is is gonna is not going to be Alabama. I mean, but even if you bring in the right coach, you still have such a small margin for error when you're to beat the likes of Bama and Georgia and LSU every single year. It's like you have to do everything right, and even then, well, that's where Alabama's kind of sometimes you need some luck. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just the way it is. So Florida State is sitting here being like, they're terrified of not having the chance. To win national titles in college football, like th- that's what this whole thing is about. They don't want to get left behind. Okay, cool. You go. To, you go to the SEC. You're going to pay a bleep ton of money in three years. You get to go to the SEC. You may recruit better than you're recruiting now. You may hire a coach who's God's gift to football. You might still finish seventh in the SEC behind the best teams in the sport. You may not be good enough to compete at that level if you just drop. Well, not even seventh. You can, if you finish on, you finish fourth with the with your expectation of your fan base, that's not enough. Is, yeah, is that going to be good enough? Yeah, finishing third they're or gonna, fourth. They're going to fire coaches every three or four years because yeah. they're not going to be better than Bama and Georgia and some other teams in a given year. I mean, hell, like they haven't been you're, able – they haven't dominated <laughs> us consistently since getting to the ACC. You think you're going to be dropped in the SEC and you're going to start just hammering Georgia on an annual basis? Your safest jobs are going to be your mid-majors who – they're just going like seven and six and eight and four and same as it ever was. And and they're they're yeah they're they're you know their fan base are happy with that because that's what's all the the bar they've set. And Kirk Ferentz still just living it up at Iowa. He's like, <laughs> that's, that's, he's like I'm fine. I think that's what you should call the Kirk Ferentz Award. That's basically what it'll be. Yeah, I mean it's pretty much what you'll call it. I angry guy chimes in. What is he angry about today? He's always angry. Hearing the way the Rutherford Show speaks about conference realignment compared to KRC as comedy. It's almost like you know Louisville is doomed. Gotta love it. I mean, we can talk about this without talking about Louisville and, and still probably be negative. I mean, Kentucky doesn't need to, t- to talk about it. Yeah, they're in the SEC. Like, they're, whatever happens, like, they're, they're safe as far as being in a conference that has them. They're kind of like the Paris Hilton of football. Like, they, 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 they've come into, like, they don't have to have actually do anything positive or good or be any good at anything. They're going to be famous and rich because they were already born into the SEC. It's a good thing for them as far as stability and you know, revenue and all that stuff. Thing. But like you know, if, if they had if they had disillusions before about trying to make the college football playoff and, and getting to a point where they can compete for a national title, I mean, <laughs> there's no way. I mean, and, and I'm not saying that to be like overly harsh. If you drop us in the SEC, it would be insane. Even if we have a uh, continue the uptick in recruiting, it's going to be insanely tough to finish in the top four, top five of that conference ever. I mean, even with much as I love Braun, we could put us in the SEC. Eight wins is probably my ceiling. Yeah. I mean, I can't see us winning more than eight wins, and that's because we'll probably have to do the same thing UK does with the out-of-conference stuff as well. Yeah. Texas says, if we don't sit in a decent chance to compete in football, I won't care any longer and sure as hell won't care about the new Super 2. It'll be time to find other entertainment over cheering on minor league college football. I mean, look, once upon a time – when we were in Conference USA, and even when we were independent, I know there were a few years there that we had good teams and we played a, a national schedule. But for the most part, like for my childhood, basically until we made the move to the Big East, there was never a realistic shot of Louisville winning a national championship going into any year. 
or having a chance to play for a national. The closest season. would be the the last year. I guess it was the last year in CSA when we played the 04. 04. Yeah, and even then there was no. Like I said earlier, Auburn went thirteen and zero that year and didn't yeah. get a chance to play for the national title. No, you're right. Yeah, there you know, we. You know, there were several years where our, football. We where our ceiling that, was going to the Liberty Bowl, trying to win Conference USA, going to the Liberty Bowl, playing the Mountain West Conference champion, and that was the best we could do. Or a bowl. And it sucked. It did. But we didn't abandon ship. Like some of the some of those teams were still like we have hell, we've talked about it like rewatching games. Some of those were our fondest memories. Um would you love to have I mean, I know Howard left basically because he thought we when we joined Conference USA, it ruined any shot we had of winning a national title. If you do take that carrot out, then it's, yeah, you know, it, it it would suck. But I'd still be a fan. And, and even in this, you know, Super Two, if you have the twelve team playoff, they're going to have to allow access to the other conferences. So Louisville will be in a mm. position where, let's say, even if they they wound up going to what the equivalent now is like Group of Five or Sun Belt, whatever, they would have a shot to make it to the playoff and then prove their worth against these super conference teams. In that playoff, I mean, would they have a shot? As as in the 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 tournament would say, the playoff would say, you're you're eligible for at large, or you're guaranteed a like conference winner gets a spot in the playoff type thing. Because if it's only at large, I mean, just even whoever wins their conference is probably going to get left out in the cold to like the fifth fifth ranked SEC sure. team. Or, well, I mean, you know, if you have twelve teams, let's say that you know four of them six are going to go SEC. to the SEC, four of them are going to go to the the Big Ten. And then well, Big 12 is still out there, too. Like Their conference champion would probably get an automatic bid. Maybe it's see what they, they look like when all the smoke clears here from this. I mean, right now you've already got a, a scenario where, you know, if the conference expansion wasn't happening, the, group, the best group of five team was going to get an automatic bid. So they've already put that in place. Um, it's hard for me to envision Louisville being in a scenario where, even if they are in low, like there's just no route to the playoff, where they just limit access to the playoff to 40 teams in these two conferences. Uh, if that is the case, then it will just become a, a different sport entirely. Which is what was being discussed during the 93 Liberty Bowl of, yeah. of basically going to an 80-team super conference between four conferences and and leaving the independents out. And that was a time when the independents – I mean, you took all the independents back then and made a conference. That would be a pretty damn good conference. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Louisville and Florida State were two of them. Texas as a college market, I'd argue we are the best in the country, uh, evidenced by our revenues even in down years. We are carried by our market as opposed to our alumni base. Both of you are good examples, and so am I uh, as non-alum fans. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. Louisville is, is very – I remember going to – when we went to the Orange Bowl in 2006, I walked in with a, a group of like 10 guys, and all of us big-time L fans, none of us went to L. We all were in college at other places, and that's – Yeah, I went to Western too, yeah. Yeah, that's, it's very much – I think, you know, people grow up around here, that you know, they choose Louisville or they choose Kentucky, and a lot of people for college, they want that college experience of getting away from home. And, you know, it, certainly when I was coming out of high school, going to L didn't allow for that because it was viewed as a primarily commuter school. If you were going to go to L, you were going to stay and live with your parents. You, you weren't going to live on campus. I think that's changed a lot in recent years. But there are still a lot of people around here that have been in Louisville their entire lives and want to spend four years somewhere else. And I think that that's, that's understandable. The difference between that and people wanting the same situation in other places is I think most of those people remain L fans or remain UK fans when they go to different schools. Because we grew up without pro sports teams in our city, and L and UK are our pro sports teams. It's the same thing when I went to Dayton. Like my friends who were from Chicago were all like shocked. Like you would root for Louisville over Dayton in a basketball game, and I was like, "Yeah, what do you want me to say?" Like, but you go here, 
And like, well, are you going to stop cheering for the Bears and start cheering for the Bengals because you now live a lot closer to Cincinnati than you do to Chicago? And they were like, well, no. I'm like, it's the same thing for us. Like, that's the way that, that we view this. You mean they weren't they weren't hanging on to the Northwestern ties in Chicago? They were not. They they, they were all those are they're Notre Dame fans because uh, nah, I'm all yeah, it's, it's up Notre, there yeah, and it's right ca- there, the yeah. Catholic thing and yeah it's it, that, that was the whole thing. Texas says since yesterday's text was such a downer. Here's a more fun one: Who at U of L should get a statue? But you can't pick Lamar or Kenny Klein since those are the obvious <laughs> answers. <laughs> Well, there goes my Kenny Klein and Lamar uh, statue together I was going to make. But, I mean. I, I'm going to extend it a little bit further. You can't – you got to choose somebody, a UofL figure, to have a statue, and it can't be Lamar, Griff, or Denny Crum. I mean. We've already got the Unitas one. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, Ralph Dawkins. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be for it. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, as I would say, Dewan Weed on that same same notion. Um, though, uh, I mean, you can't. I mean, Unsel maybe. That's a good one. I mean, I'm trying. To, I mean, I, I could see that. I mean, obviously impactful. He's kind of our basketball version of Johnny Unitas in a way, I guess. Uh, no offense to to Charlie's dad uh, or Vince's dad, Vince's dad, Charlie Tyra. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 you know, you could say Patino, but I think the back. I think there'd be yeah, someone can't, can't do Patino or George. I feel like right yeah. Now. I mean, I think down the road maybe you could. Yeah. I mean, way down. I'm talking like 20 years down the road maybe for either, but not even what time. Um, Schnelli. I mean, yeah, it's not, I think Snumber. Yeah, that would be. I mean, I know they've got the complex named after him, so I don't know if you want to go. I mean, then again, I don't know. You go to Notre Dame and they have, they have like a dozen statues around their stadium. They've Corgi. got. Say what? Gorgie. Gorgie. <laughs> My dream was always a gigantic Gorgie statue holding up the bridge in the middle of the Ohio River. Pageant. All gold. Just holding up the bridge. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen your Twitter account. Uh, a pageant one. I'd, I'd want, I want maybe 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 a, a David pageant. I would I would be okay with that. Russ. Russ. I mean, that that one's not tongue-in-cheek would make sense, yeah. Who else is there? Like, Is there any throwback we're forgetting? What if, could you like the whole 2013 team? Do all the Brahms? No, not Brahms. Did the Brahm family there? Just just Oscar, Jeff, and Greg. And have Brady like Brady too. Not Brady, but have Brian like three feet behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the Brian statue crying? Hey, ha, literally make it like three feet behind the rest of the family. It's like peering in through a window? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> like a whole, whole living room set up going outside with the statue. Who was the one you said right before we got into that joke? I don't know. I think I said the whole 2013 team. Oh, the 2013, yeah, the whole 2013, yeah. I mean. Hendo. <laughs> so, oh, man. Texas, that, well, we have to go to break. We, we'll, yeah. go to, we'll go to break. We'll take a few more texts after the break, and then we'll play a little Am I the A-hole and see what Trevor Kelsey has to say about the latest scenarios that are out there via the AITA Reddit group. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Thursday here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X.
last thing I watched before I went to bed last night. Okay. It's a good soundtrack. I know I've played the soundtrack before, though. It's a good movie. It is. I think I've tried to... I was trying to play other songs off the soundtrack that I didn't play last time. Okay. And I'm pretty sure I usually avoid going ELO as much as possible. That's fine. <laughs> but I didn't do it on this one. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get back to the Thornton Sucks line, it's time for our new favorite game on the show. Yeah, we need a song for this. Emma the A-hole. <laughs> this we we sounds like it's got a Waylon Jennings song to it, maybe. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> that could work. Just an a-hole boy. <laughs> <laughs> Never realizing it himself. <laughs> All right, we got three, three, more to, three more for you today. All right, let's, let's go. Let's rock and roll. Again, you can go to the AITA Reddit group if you want to get your fill on all these. But there's Wait, what? What is it? AI? So these aren't real; these are just made up. No, no, no. The AITA. Am I the a hole? Is oh, okay, my bad. Okay, yeah, you're right. Duh, 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 duh. Here we go. Myself, twenty-seven year old female, and a friend, twenty-four year old female, have kids the same age, two years old. Okay. We recently did a girls' beach trip. Oh, sounds like fun. Sounds like my my mom and her friend back in the day. I left my child at home with my husband for the first time, and in consequence for the first time in two years, was child-free. My husband does what he, he can regarding our kid and does a lot, but he's gone for work a lot, so I've never been apart from my kid for more than a few hours before someone says, I have a husband issue. That isn't the issue here. My friend brought her child, which no one in the group had a problem with at all, except my friend has a habit of letting or rather focusing other, forcing others to watch and parent her kid. Every time we hang out, she kind of checks out, goes on her phone, and wanders off on sort of dumps her kid on the friend group. Mm-hmm. Well, on this beach trip overnight, she did just that to me. Now, remember, this is the first time in a long time that I've been kid-free. And here she is dumping her kid on me. Her kid is asking me to play with them, walk with them, you know, kid stuff. And I just want a break. But here my friend is playing on her phone, just totally checked out. I try to redirect her kid back to her saying, oh, you should ask your mom to play. To which she says without missing a beat, no, you have more patience for her anyway. You play with him. My blood bleeping boiled and I explained to her that I left my kid at home because I wanted to be kid free for the night and not babysit hers. She rolled her eyes and I just sort of lost it and told her to stop being lazy and watch your own kid. Of course, she was pissed, but the rest of the group had my back. But my friend was so angry that I can't help but feel like I'm in the wrong. Am I the a-hole? No. You, I mean, maybe you shouldn't didn't have to blow up on her, but you know, you're not... Her, your friend shouldn't, that was, that's, yeah, she's, no, that's all her. You have more patience for her anyway? You play? No. You're, you're not. Clearly, she, this isn't her first rodeo doing this either. You could have, yeah, you could have handled it, like, you know, not blow up in front of. Yeah, I wouldn't kid. have blown up, but, but, but sort of that, no, you're not. You could have just been like, no, that's not no. your responsibility. You should have, you should have done the, the adult thing, go in the other room and badmouth her to the rest of your friends and behind her back. That's what we do as adults. Not the A.O. No, not that. No. Your friend is the a hole in this situation. Don't bring the kid. I mean, come on. She can find a babysitter. Leave her with your husband and, the, and your kid. All right, story two. All right. That was an easy one, by the way. Yeah, it was. I have a female coworker who repeatedly calls me out regarding my weight. I'm a female, five foot nine, 115 pounds, and very thin. She is very overweight. All the time, she makes comments about my weight. She doesn't call me by my name, she calls me slim. And I even heard her say one time, go ask Toothpick. And she has said stuff like, you need some meat on your bones and you need to eat. I've only worked there for eight days. I've asked her very nicely to stop. Yesterday, I asked her to stop calling me slim again, and she basically said it's her mouth and she can say what she wants. (laughs) Today, when she said morning slim, I replied morning chunky. And she got upset and actually started crying. 
everybody here at work, there's only six of us total, is saying that I'm wrong and I should apologize because being called fat is different than being called skinny because being called skinny is a compliment. I said as long as she calls me slim, I will call her chunky, and now I'm the bad person. Am I the a-hole if I don't apologize? The owner-manager has completely ignored the situation, saying it's, quote, a high school issue and we should figure it out. I mean, he's not wrong. She says, uh, edit, edit for more info. We don't have HR here. There's only six of us working here at a cupcake shop. We are all regular employees. I went to the owner before. Of course it's a cupcake shop. I, I mean, come on. <laughs> I went to the owner before I called her Chunky, and I asked him to talk to her because I felt that she was harassing me. That's when he said we can handle it ourselves. That's why I called her Chunky. I told her to stop calling me Slim, and I didn't like it, and she continued to do it. She didn't stop after I asked her multiple times, and I didn't know what to do besides what she was doing to me. She brought up my weight. I brought up hers. Um, all right. This, this one's a little more weird. It's a little tricky. It's a little tricky. And here, here's what it is. Uh, chunky is the a-hole for being offended for being called Chunky. If you're going to call her slim, which there's no problem with that, don't get mad because you're skinny. Listen, I don't want to hear that bleep. I'm, I'm the fat guy in this situation, all right? You can call you slim. But if you're going to call someone slim, you can't get mad for being called chunky. I think the key here, because I, I do think there's a difference between calling somebody like a, a euphemism for skinny and calling somebody a euphemism for being fat. But I think the, the, the key here is the woman went to her multiple times and asked her to stop. Asked her nicely. But like, hey, I've, I haven't worked here a long time. Can you please just stop doing this? And she kept doing it. That, that, that makes her, that puts her a whole area. At that point, I yeah. feel like you make yourself. Fair game. Like if if you went to the she went to the owner, he wouldn't get involved. He went to her multi, she went to her multiple times and said, "Hey, this is bothering me. Will you please stop?" Should this? it bother her for being called slim or toothpick though? I mean, I know that's it's it kind doesn't of a matter. I mean, issue. I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody handles that differently. True. Like I, like, I mean, you. I think you call me skinny a bunch of times, and I don't. I don't really care. I'm Have not, I? I don't remember. A few times. I don't. Who cares? Like, I don't, I'm not. I remember a neighbor I called Skinny Lenny one time. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, again, I, I do think that it's different than people, you know, pointing out that you're fat. Like I, like I don't know it. <laughs> well, I didn't mean I didn't mean you. I just meant in this general concept. That's like with scoots. I'm like uh, I'll make some short jokes. I'm like just once make a fat joke on me, dude. I don't care. I feel like I feel like I'm, I feel bad. You won't do it. And he just like we went off. It's like you're a fat bleep. I'm like what? Okay, thank you. Overall, though, I side with the storytelling. I think is, she, this, is that the skinny girl? Yeah, if she had just said it, like, if it was like her first day, and the person was like, "What up, Slim?" and she's like, "What's up, Chunky?" Then I think you're the a hole. The fact that she went to her multiple times and asked her to stop, and she just wouldn't do it. Like if somebody wants you to stop calling them something, even then yeah, say, yeah, you should stop probably doing. just stop it. Yeah, even if you don't, even if you find, even if you and anyone else may not find it to be offended. Yeah, if you don't want to be called that, then don't be called that. I agree. Is that a cupcake recipe? Come on. Don't call her chunky. Call her, like, profits eater. I mean, you got to come with something more creative on your insult back there, Slim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this one got removed. but I, I mean, I, I, I can contest, though. I had There's a woman that used to, to work next to me at the Hallmark store at the mall, and she was a heavier set woman. And, like, she would always, like, give me, like, the, she hated me as a smoker. I guess she just hates smokers. And one time she... I was out back because we shared like a back door where the mall was and I'd be out back smoking a cigarette where Carby Girls was next door. And one time she just, she constantly would call me lung cancer and it kind of got on my nerves one time and it just, I was just in a bad mood and she was just like, Hey, what's up lung cancer? And I was like, nothing obese. Oh. And she never once did it again. She got very mad at me 
Uh, but <laughs> I mean, everyone else thought it was funny. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> this one I wanted to read. Apparently, it's been deleted, but it was. Oh no! Was, Am I the a-hole for not allowing my best friend to crash at my house after his wife died? Ooh, wow! That's kind of a sticky area. I need to hear the story, but it sounds like you. Like, okay, like you probably should let him stay, but how long? Because this, this goes back to kind of yesterday's mother-in-law. Like, you, we talk about her being there nine days. I meant to ask you, why was she there for nine days? Like, she was, son. I mean, was it just a missing the son? I mean, That's did, what she said. Did she not have a husband? I mean, I mean. Yeah, they didn't get into that. So some tells me if you're there, the mother-in-law is there that long, there might be, like, an underlying reason for why she's, like, needing to stay. And other than being just maybe needy. All right, this is the last one. Okay. My family does a gift exchange drawing each year for Christmas. Okay. We all reach into a bowl and pull out a name on a slip of paper. We do that at my house. That is the person for whom we are to buy a gift for the big Christmas get-together. I honestly hate this ritual as it is a bundle of stress to find something for someone you barely know, but we do it because the family always has. It's your family. Why do you barely know? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> In 2019, I drew the 60-year-old husband of my great aunt. I knew he and my aunt were not very were very well off and really neither wanted nor needed anything. I knew also that the budget we had for gifts of $50 max was not going to get him anything within his or her taste level. Since he did a lot of driving for his work, I found him a rather expensive set of tools to keep in his car trunk should he need them. He opened them during the party, seemed appreciative, and thanked me. This past Christmas, I saw that my gift was from my great aunt. When I opened it, I immediately recognized the tool set that I had given him three years before. Even the tape that I had put on part of a torn label was there. I paused, broke into a big smile, and excitedly exclaimed that this was incredible as when I bought her this was as incredible as when I bought her the husband this same gift three years ago. I had wanted to get a set for myself as well, but the store had told me that the set was discounted and was no longer available. I gushed that she must have gone to a lot of trouble to find one just like the one that I gave him three years ago. Yes, I mentioned giving him the set three years ago many times. I then made a big show of running over, hugging her, and saying thank you. She and he just had odd smiles frozen on their faces. They didn't even remember. See, my great aunt has a reputation whispered behind her back of being incredibly cheap and re-gifting most of what she receives. All the relatives had just witnessed me make a big production out of this one instance. My mom later took me aside and chastised me for what I had done as my great aunt was visibly embarrassed and had left very soon after the gift exchange. I just looked at her and innocently, innocently asked what I did wrong, what I did that was wrong by thanking her for a gift that I really wanted. So was I out of line? Yeah, that was you didn't need to you didn't need to call her out like that. I mean, it's first of all whether she did it on purpose or not. It was three years ago. I mean, probably not even remember getting it from you. It's a regift. Don't look. Don't don't. Yeah, nah, I, I'm. Yeah, don't don't make a scene. You just wanted to be a spotlight on you. I wouldn't have done it. You can. I, you don't have to be. I mean, you don't have to I don't like think it. It's but. the worst thing in the world. I don't think it's necessarily an an a hole move. I agree, but it's, but I wouldn't have done it. If we have, if someone has to get labeled a hole in this story, it's going to be her though. If you have to give the, if you have to give the stamp on someone, you're going to give it to the one who made the scene about getting the regift. Yeah, but you should also know that she's regifting you what you bought for her husband. If I you're mean, going to regift something, make but also sure that you're talking three years later from a sixty year old woman. For all you know, she doesn't even know what she didn't even remember getting that from you. She should. I mean, I wouldn't even probably remember, especially the the way she described what seemed to be a pretty large family. I mean, I could see, understandably, not remembering getting that from. I mean, if you're 60 years old, I'm 43, and I probably wouldn't remember it. Don't don't regift stuff, though. Well, I mean, I don't know if I've ever re. I don't think I've ever have regifted. 
Plus, fifty dollars is a pretty good size budget for that size of family. It sounds like ours is twenty five. No. See, I would just give gift cards out every time. I'm kind of torn here. I think that. I mean, I don't think they're she, both minor a holes. I don't think. I, well, I, I'm not gonna regifting. I'm not gonna. You know. re, I don't mind regifting, but regifting to the person that gave you the gift. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> That's an issue. I mean, it's not like he's. It's the bread maker with Frank. I mean, it's not. He's giving it to. He gave it to Max in a spaceship. No, it's got three speeds of bread making. I mean, that's. that's I don't think it's that bad. That in, in bad, but yeah. I mean, I. I, I it's got three speeds. I, I, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm giving the old aunt a benefit of the doubt that she didn't even probably remember who gave it to her to begin with. If that, well, it just happened to be a coincidence. It, keep in mind, it was not given to her; it was given to her husband. Well, or yeah, either or. I mean, he probably doesn't pay attention either. I mean, he's sixty-something-year-old man. He's probably just like happy to. Still be alive. Yeah. Anyway. I, I wouldn't call her an a-hole in this situation. I think she should, probably should have just been like, not go over the top with it, though. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have. Just just take it, smile, be like, thanks. I can, you can make a, maybe a smile. You'll make one little tongue-in-cheek, like, I've always kind of wanted with But you don't have to, like, go make a whole scene about it. Have you ever seen the, the, the video where they're, the parents are training their young kid to open up gifts that he doesn't like on Christmas and to be thankful? I mean, and he opens it up and he goes, it's an avocado. Thanks. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, who didn't get, I mean, we all got those gifts when we were kids and we had to protect like, the socks. Or the, yeah. Like what kitten? I mean, maybe your family, but my family, no kid wants to get a book. I mean. No. <laughs> I not, mean. Not, not that. I also, I do remember, you know, there's also a certain point where you have to learn those lessons if you're not being told. Like I remember vividly one time at Christmas Eve getting these like matchbox cars that I already had, like, the exact same set. And I was like, oh, I've already got these. And I'm like four, four or five, and my mom in the car was like, you never say that. She's like, she's like, you, she's like, you lie if you've gotten something that you already have. I'm like, well, I didn't know. You didn't, I'm being honest. I'm a kid. <laughs> but from that point forward, if I ever got something I already had, I was like, thank you. I've really wanted this. But, you know, if you, I don't know unless you tell me. You already had a Love Burger shirt, didn't you? <laughs> I didn't. I was wearing the Love Burger shirt yesterday. My sister uh You gave me the Brom shirt. I, wore, I had a little shirt on the, over the weekend. Look at us. Just giving each other our gifts. Wearing them out. <laughs> The other, you gave me a Christmas side, a Christmas gift I still use. That <laughs> <laughs> you do. Actually, I, actually I, put, I put it aside during off season now. I always save it for the season. Okay. But nonetheless. No. <laughs> All right, real quickly, we'll get some of your all's reactions to this uh, on the Thornton Sex Line at 502 1450. Texture says the boss manager is the a hole for allowing the bullying to go on. Yeah, the, the, I mean, yeah, that's the a good boss point. is pretty much the biggest. Like, if you have an employee who comes to you, and she, you know, she clarified there's no HR at the company, it's a small cupcake yeah. shop. But if you go to the boss, the person who's in charge, and you're like, hey, she won't stop doing this. I've asked her nicely several times, and your response is, this is high school BS. You need to deal with it. Like, that's not... That's not leadership. Well, I mean, it is, but you still it have is, to. It is, but you still need to. But step even in, in high, guess like, what? If you go to high school BS has a principal who puts his foot down, and that's and every, that's you. It's also every place of business has something like this. Yeah, I yeah I agree. The manager should have been like, just hey, chunks, just lay lay <laughs> lay, lay, lay off her in the cupcakes a few couple times, okay? I go to Troy daily about you. <laughs> you won't stop interrupting me. <laughs> trying to give my sports takes. I did the same thing to him. <laughs> <laughs> like he's he not doing anything. He won't stop talking. He's like his name's on the show. <laughs> Texas says the owner is the biggest a-hole for not helping resolve. Chunky is also an a-hole for not respecting Slim's boundaries. Slim didn't have to do her like that, but she's not an a-hole. It also sounds like there was an extra connotation behind skinny rather than just saying she's skinny. 
I mean, how skinny is she? Like olive oil skinny? Well, she said 5'9", 115. That's not like anorexic. No, that, that's like average size. Exactly. Yeah, that's. And it sounds like yeah, the the chunks was also using it in different contexts too. Like Did she, she was, describe chunks weight and size? I can't remember. She just said she was very overweight. <laughs> very. <laughs> that's that was the. You got the one very over there. I'm like. That's I'm, what she said. I'm using her exact. I words. know. I know. I'm just trying. But she trying. said like you know she was also like why don't you go ask toothpick over there and stuff like that. And she <laughs> yeah. kept bringing it up. Yeah, you keep throwing, I mean, just calling them slim. I mean, slim's I don't think that bad. But if it does offend her in some way, then. Texture I mean, says the chunky, per- the chunky person wasn't calling her slim as a compliment. She meant it as an insult. She's definitely the a-hole. I had that problem when I was slim and skinny until I filled out. So I know the feeling when it's said by a female, they're hating a-holes. There you go. I just, I'm sorry. I, I do have problems feeling bad for those that are skinny, though. Texas, the heavier girl is in the wrong, and she's the a-hole. The only reason some perceive being skinny as not bad in comparison to being heavy is due to public opinion and how we've all been programmed to believe in the Barbie image. I've known a few guys and girls who are or were very self-conscious and mentally and emotionally unhealthy due to how thin they were. Many skinny people don't like being called skinny, like many of us who are heavier don't like our weight being thrown in our faces. The problem is is that 115 doesn't seem uh, like sickingly skinny to me, though. Five nine one fifteen is small. I mean, it's I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess. I I just I mean, if, if you're talking like anorexic skinny, like Kate Moss, then yeah, I could. I mean, I don't know. One fifteen just seems like uh, seems normal to me. Texas, some of these "Am I the a hole?" stories seem like just excuses for people to brag online about how they roasted a family or friend. <laughs> oh, I think the th- I think the mother in law one was. Yeah, <laughs> I want to bleep your son. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I mean, yesterday's one. What was the the funniest part of yesterday's one? Was the was the uh, what have the mother-in-law been like? Do I need to leave? No, the, 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 the third one was the best one, where she was like, "Oh, you like it when grandma does that?" No, grandma, you want a grandma to do this for yeah, you? Yeah. That was, and I do. It, it does feel like that was shared just to kind of get that funny line out there. I mean, most of these are just yeah, people wanting to be be told that they were in the right. Texture says, uh, organized gift exchanges with a set dollar amount are so ridiculous. You might as well just go ahead and swap $50 bills with a Christmas card attached because um, that's all you're really doing. Basically what we did. My, now, I mean, I'm surprised you don't. Do you do, you do the, the name pulling in your family? Uh-uh. Because you, you're, you're a large family, too. I mean, Yeah, we don't, we, don't, we don't do it. Mary's family did it. used to do it on Christmas so, Eve. So every year for Christmas, like you and Mary had to make, get gifts for, like, for each brother and each sister and each. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of gift giving, dude. Yeah. And when you have kids, that adds up. It does. I, I mean, that's. I mean, we're only. We do it to like my my mom and her three siblings do it, and then me and my cousins do it. So we like go. We're like two separate groups. So I mean, I mean, there's only eight. I mean, there's no more near the amount of us, but that's what we do every year. But ours is only like twenty five bucks. Yeah. Texas, I want to retext this because I canalize it later with a later text. Oh, there's a super conference text. We'll get back to the super conference text, I promise, after this. Yeah. Last text on the uh, this form. Texas says, 5'9", 115 for a girl is going to be very skinny, for example, and sends a picture in. That is a, yeah, that's a skinny girl. 5'9", is, you know, it's tall. It's like just a little bit shorter than I am, and I am not. I don't see that as I'm like anorexic skinny, though. I mean, that's it's pretty skinny. I mean, I guess. Once again, you and Scoot, it's just your expectations of everybody. I mean, this might blow your mind, but the the girl I dated for the longest time, like she, I think maybe soaking wet weighed like ninety five pounds. That does blow my mind. <laughs> How tall was she though? Like five four? Uh, I mean, she's up here to me, I don't know, like maybe so like five three, five. Four. Probably yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah that's that's that, that's about that's understandable. She was she. Was, I mean, she had she, had, she ended up putting on a little weight as we went along. I mean, I mean but, my sister's tiny. She's like five foot 
But I can't imagine ever being weighing pounds. more than 100 pounds, maybe. But 5'9", 115 is, is very skinny. I mean, I guess. It's, yeah. it's toothpick. That's, that's why you would get that, that text. Um, okay, yeah. Basically, I think everybody's kind of on the same size on these. We didn't have as much of a split as we did yesterday. No. The last one's the only one that has a split, and I don't think people just, people just don't really care about it. <laughs> what was the last one again? The last one was the, the re-gifting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Have you ever regifted? I'm sure I've regifted. Yeah, I know I've regifted stuff before, but not to the person who gave me the gift. Well, and again, for for I'm the benefit of the doubt. At the end, I would assume that maybe she didn't realize she was giving it back to the same person. You would hope not. Three years removed, and she does it a lot. She probably didn't even realize it. Yeah, she just probably thought it was a fun gift. Unless it's still the card on it, then that's. <laughs> yeah, she did the same tape. It's still on there, which is tape. Yeah, but tape's not the same as having a card on there. It's not great. All right, so we're wrapping up hour number two. We have, Romano, we have got Louisville Bats baseball back again tonight. The homestand continues out there at Slugger Field. The Bats taking oh, yeah. on Omaha. 6.35 is the first pitch. 6.05, our coverage will start. So keep it locked right here after we go off the air at 6 to hear the dulcet tones of Nick Curran bringing you the live and exciting action. And Jim Kelch, it's a home game, home series. Kelch's here? He's okay. here. It's a home series. He's in town, yeah. Kelch and Curran bringing you the action of Louisville Bats baseball that coming your way again. 6.05, right when we get off the air. Keep it locked right here. All right, we got 5 o'clock hour coming up next. We'll rehash some of our football thoughts. We won't dive too deeply back into the conference realignment stuff. I do want to share some of the takeaways that people had from yesterday's open practice. Uh, today's practice is closed to the public, so we won't get any reports from there. And then we'll, of course, dive back into your thoughts on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. It's the final hour of the Mike Rutherford Show, and it's up next here on 1450 The Big X. Reminds me of Love Actually. I don't know. I don't remember this being in Boogie Nights. What, what part of Boogie Nights is this in? The very end. Oh, it is. It's the well. The ELO song is the closing credits. This is a song that plays when they're going, kind of showing uh, Ross, uh, John C. Riley doing his magic and uh, just kind of the whole get, just set up to the end where you know you get to finally see the reveal of it and he walks okay. out to do a shot. Yeah, it's a, it was a, the last montage, I guess you could say. I almost went in all Beach Boys Day, but you're not a big Beach Boys guy, I forget. I'm not. I, I, I do like that song, though. It is. It's a good song. Yeah, but Pet Sounds album's one of my favorite. I mean, that's one of those ones I can buy, I'll buy and just listen to it from start to finish. It's my favorite albums. Um, I feel like I'm in the minority there. I just, you know. No, it's you. No, you're, you are, well, you're in the minority because it, a lot of people like, love like that album. Yeah, I'm not alone in it, but I don't think it's crazy to think that. I mean, I can see if you don't like the Beach Boys. It's is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you got kind of more. You, you uh, listen to some of your fair bands. You're more of kind of. I don't. Want, you hate when he's word emo because I think that's wrongly attached to it too. But like, um, kind of like the 
the, the the guy with the long hair and the guitar by himself kind of singing the sad song on, on that that seems to be up your more alleyway. Yeah. I mean, the, your Elliot Smith type stuff. I did like Elliot Smith a lot in college. You did. I mean, I, but that's kind of like that whole a guy with a guitar. Just that's all I need. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about like sixties and seventies, I was certainly more like Simon and Garfunkel over Beach Boys. Yeah, and I, well, I like both, but yeah. I get, uh, I get. It's not, Hey, there's nothing. Never a wrong answer. You're right. You're right. Five zero two four one four four two fifty is the Thornton sex line. We'll take as many texts as we can this hour. <laughs> but before we do that, yesterday was practice number two uh, for the fall camp of the U of L football season, and it was the second open practice. So we had media members out there. Unfortunately, TK and I are on the air during the practice, so we weren't able to give our thoughts. But we thought we'd pick the brain. They do that on purpose to us because they know we're going to go. They, they, they don't want us to show up. So well, tomorrow's nine forty-five a.m. So you can make it out there. Again, it's all conspiracy against me. <laughs> if they don't set it at 11.45 p.m., I can't go. Well, let, let's now, let's hold on. Let's go more towards like 3 o'clock when we have a day off okay. from here. <laughs> never. Next time the, the, the computer fails. Oh, we, well, ne- actually, I'll give you a heads up. Next, uh, next Wednesday we're going to be out because the bats play at 2.07. Okay, that's good. Unless you want to do like a 20-minute show at the end. I'd prefer not to. Okay. We'll see what happens. I play in at St. Paul. Uh, Courier Journal's Alexis Cubitt was one of the, the writers who was out there yesterday. She had some quick takeaways from yesterday's practice. Said uh, quarterback Pierce Clarkson looked healthy, was very mobile. Good, good. It was a Day two was a better day for the defense, less hot day. They had at least four interceptions and one forced fumble that was recovered by a linebacker transfer Keith Brown. Although after practice, cornerback Jarvis Brownlee said he counted at least seven turnovers. Hold on one second. Thank you. Love the cough <laughs> button. He said he also believes. What reason we can get you to come up here? <laughs> well, I've got nowhere else to go. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. He believes the secondary can be one of the best in the ACC. Wide receiver Chris Bell, who we talked about on yesterday's show, is making yep. significant progress in year two. Had a deep catch from Jack Plummer. Alexis also says that you should count Joey Gatewood in the mix as vying for the starting tight end job. No, you love that. It'll be his first year at the position, but he's a solid option as a pass catcher thanks to his background as a wide receiver and blocker. It was not hot. She's very thankful for that. There doesn't appear to be any drop-off amongst the running backs right now. A couple of different guys ran with the first teams yesterday and did well. I'd like to hear all that. All that sounds good. Yeah. Except, you know, it's one of those things when whenever you hear, hey, great, the secondary had four interceptions. Like, who threw them? <laughs> who are we cutting from the depth chart? Was it Pierce? Was it Brady? Well, Pierce looked healthy, so, I mean. He looked healthy. Now, McGavick had a little bit more of an extensive write-up over on LouisvilleReport.com. He talked about he focused on the special teams at the beginning because he hadn't watched much of the special teams on day one. He looked at uh, the, the linebackers and said what he was able to take away was uh, – T.J. Quinn and Jalen Alderman seem to have good footwork, good mo- overall mobility. Stan Quan Clark looked like he'll be a thumper in year one. And also Popeye Williams at the defensive end spot looked very explosive. Look, a lot of young guys there, a lot of guys with not big-time reps. I mean, I think we're going to have to They're play. They're all underclassmen, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, you've got – Alderman is now a redshirt junior, I guess. Well, because technically – A redshirt sophomore. No, that's underclassmen, technically. Stan Quan Clark's a true freshman. Yeah. Popeye Williams will be a redshirt freshman. T.J. Quinn's young. I mean, it's you, you've got a lot of young guys out there. Uh, he McGavick also said the first seven-on-seven seven period really set the tone for the entire practice. Quincy Riley, who we talked about yesterday, probably mm-hmm. underrated, had two pass breakups almost immediately during the period, and then Trey Franklin snagged an interception off of Brady Allen. Ooh, Brady Allen behind Pierce now, just based on that. 
Wide receiver Jamari Thrash had a couple of impressive catches that displayed his well-above-average catch radius, but the defense, especially the secondary, set the tone early. The offense did win the 11-on-11 period during the first day of fall camp, but the second day the defense dominated. Both the front seven and the secondary made play after play after play. Cornerback Derek Edwards, star position guy Antonio Watson, walk-on corner Daniel Martins all log interceptions. Ben Perry forced a fumble on the flats. I'm excited for Ben Perry this year. And then Des Tell at nose tackle and Quinn both log tackles for loss. Selah Brown, the freshman from Mail, notched the sack. And linebacker Keith Brown recovered a fumble. But Matt isn't sure who forced it. What are we paying for you for, Matt? Come on. <laughs> he says one brief depth chart note from the. I want, I want part of my money what back. Are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> Reading your notes. Come on, give us something. I don't know who did. Just tell, make it up. Tell us. I mean. If you make it, if you just say a name, we're gonna believe it, right? Yeah, it was forced by who do we want? San Quan Clark. He forced the fumble. Okay, choppers. It's like we're adding stats. Freshman like All American <laughs> season coming your way. No, no question about it. <laughs> he said one brief depth chart note from this period: Brian Hudson, Renato Brown, and John Paul Flores were unsurprisingly running with the first team offensive line. But of note early on was that Michael Gonzalez stayed at his traditional left tackle spot, while Joshua Black ran some with the first team at right guard. A great development in terms of offensive line depth if this keeps up. Yeah, Gonzalez could play. You know, there's so much talk about moving him around the offensive line this year, but I mean, maybe he sticks at left tackle. We'll find out. Uh, he says during the second seven-on-seven period, it seemed that Louisville was starting to work in tight end Joey Gatewood in the passing game. He had a nice catch in the period where he found a hole in the zone, but also had a drop and a near drop during the second eleven-on-eleven session. Some work is still needed here, but it's a start. I know you like to hear that because you didn't approve of my what was I, that said I'd be shocked if he's not on the team by the end of the roster in the yeah, year. You say he's not going to make it to the start of the season. Well, I, well, I would think it's, I don't think I say he wouldn't play this season. Maybe he'd be on the team somehow. But you said he wasn't going to be on the team for the first game. Okay, well, we'll see about that still. He's got 29 days to make it. The or second, lose it. <laughs> the second 11 on 11 period was immediately kicked off by a pass breakup by Riley on Thrash. A couple of plays later, Thrash responded with a very impressive over the shoulder catch against Riley in which Riley was committing very clear pass interference. Uh, the offense, <laughs> he points that out. I like that. <laughs> the offense did look much better during the second 11-on-11 session, particularly Jawar Jordan, who's still very fast and very agile. Yeah. Uh, speaking of vision, true freshman Kiwan Brown, remember he was the guy that we took from Cincinnati, might have the best patience One and anticipation amongst the running backs. He could be a force later down the line if he can develop an extra gear in the open field. Um some hype for Adonijah Green, who's I don't know a freshman that Keith Wynn loves. Toffee Thomas also gets a little bit of love. Um, yeah, looks like uh, Mario Asian, whose name I, I kind of forgotten, who's on the team, said he was sort of the standout walk-on at running back. Uh, that's good to hear. Good stuff there from Matt and from Alexis. Again, today's practice closed to the public, so you won't get any sort of write-ups there outside of maybe some info from Rocco. But tomorrow and Saturday, I believe, so you can check me on this, are both going to be 9.45 starts in the morning that are open to the to the public. So, I mean, I don't even care. Like, I just love hearing anything football at this point in the season. Just love it. Oh, yeah, I agree. We've been starved for the last Even if we don't know months. who committed the committed the fumble, I'm still happy well, to hear about it. Well, Clark. I just oh, okay. Well, we, <laughs> we forced it, maybe. Absolutely, Stan Clark. <laughs> I thought it was T.J. Quinn. Uh, the other big topic that we've talked about today is conference realignment, Florida State continuing to kick and scream and do all this stuff. The Big Ten <laughs> looking like it's definitely going to, to poach the Pac-12 of Oregon, Washington, and then likely Cal and Stanford, which means 
Uh, essentially, the Pac-12 is dead. It's 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 pretty much done. The Big 12 will probably go and get Arizona, Arizona State, and uh, Utah. I think that actually you've got you've got dueling meet emergency sessions that have been called tonight. Arizona is going to have a, a meeting of its board of trustees at like nine, and then I think that they've announced like Washington has a meeting tonight too. Like this is all going to happen very fast. It sounds like, and you know, the, the wheels have been turning for a while now, and it sounds like the Pac-12 is done. The other conferences are going to eat up those teams, and the ACC is still saying you can't leave. We've locked you in a basement forever. Um, does until this, does this just assume that there's going to become a four power four four tier? Conference, a four-tier power, and they're going to be the the fourth because, I mean, the way it's going, and the if they, if they don't step up, I mean, it's going to be a three-tier, and we're going to be the one left behind. Well, I think they th- they think they think they can still be the third best conference. Well, because the Big Twelve has added teams, but they haven't necessarily added a whole ton of quality, right? Yeah, but we also don't have a whole ton of quality. <laughs> well, we've got we have we have teams that have won national titles in the last decade, multiple. They don't. That's true. Our top is better than their top. They may have more in the middle of the conference, but we've got the teams that have been national powerhouses. Now, whether or not that can continue in a day and age where the fact that you're not in a top two conference is going to be used against you on the recruiting trail, that's kind of been Florida State's point. But like, I still think that we have a the ACC has a shot to be number three in the pecking order in all sports if 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 it does wind up being. The way that it looks, it is with with the Big Ten expanding with those teams we mentioned. But you can expect the Big Twelve adding those teams we mentioned, and the SEC for now at least holding pat. Like, but if you if you, you instead of just saying, "Oh, we're going to be number three, we're going to be number three, you can actually guarantee that if you go and you steal our Arizona and you steal Arizona State, maybe and you add yeah, that, for sure. But that's not then you're happen. guaranteeing yourself probably third spot. Yeah, but th- we can't get schools to come here because of the same reason why we can't get schools mm-hmm. to to leave. So yeah, it's catch twenty two. Double-edged sword. <laughs> Are there any single-edged swords? I just made me think of Michael Scott. Last night in, when, when, in the Boogie Nights, when they're trying to get the tapes, and they're like, we need to get the tapes, and then we take them to the record company, and we'll get the money. He's like, sorry, it's a catch-22. And he's reading John C. Reilly, like, I'm sorry, I don't understand this 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 radio jargon. <laughs> What's this catch-22? I, I don't get You're talking over my head. I'm just saying I need the tapes. It <laughs> um, <laughs> just had me laugh. That's a good point. Yeah. It is funny seeing him as like a semi-serious actor and occasionally in roles. Especially he's semi, yeah, semi-serious is, is well said in that role. Yeah, yeah it's, he's, he's basically playing himself, but there is a it's a serious element to it. I thought it was more odd to think he's in porn because <laughs> he just doesn't look like the kind of guy you'd see in porn. I don't know. Yeah. Dirk Diggler, yeah, but I mean, it's a different time. I'm an actor. Quit saying porn. <laughs> Uh, I tell you what, we also need to give away another T-shirt today, uh, Racing Lou or Lou City FC. So we'll give the best text between now and the end of the show. You're going to get hooked up with a T-shirt again today. Now, are we sending Boom. those to them, or are they coming to pick them up? We are you? sending those to them. Because there was a confusion with the text yesterday. I told them that we would send them. Yeah, we're, we're getting addresses now. Okay, gotcha. Because the... We never know when somebody's at the other studio, right? There's nobody over there. So yeah, or, yeah. With us not being there anymore, I don't think that anybody goes there. And even then, it was only like you had to come. And then we went in but answer the door anyway because we're doing a show. Yeah, it's, it was tough. So That's a catch-22. Catch-22. <laughs> so we're sending the T-shirts out now. So best text, you're going to get hooked up with a T-shirt again today. Texas says, Pierce uh, apparently looked really good yesterday and got pulled aside with Brom, just him and Plummer. Brady Allen threw three of the four picks. Ooh. Is that true? That's what it sounds like. Oh, well, it's not, I mean, that's not good. Pierce? Maybe, maybe he's just a gunslinger, though. What I'm hearing is Pierce 
early lead in the race for the 2024 quarterback. Ooh. QB3 behind Brock Doman right now. I hear I hear Pierce maybe too afraid to pull the trigger on a pass. They say he made some great throws. Brady, Brady Allen out there like uh, like he Brett Favre thinking he can just complete everything. Size and arm strength isn't everything. <laughs> Texture says uh, Pele. <laughs> we have a winner. They were listening to me yesterday. <laughs> Texas seven and five record in the SEC gets you in the playoff over an eleven and one Louisville dumb. No, that, that's, that, would, that would never. If that happened, no, that there would snow. If you're seven and five in the SEC, there are like eight teams better than you. Yeah. Now I would say, what's the most losses they could get over an eleven one AC Louisville team in the SEC? Maybe three. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I think that. I think three. Be- if you go nine and three, and your three losses are like Alabama. Georgia and like some out of conference Clemson or something, then yeah, I, I could see that, but that's even then would be that's gonna be the limit. Yeah, that's a low moment. Like you'd had two would be the most because you'll still have. I mean, I assume you'll still have like at least a couple of non conference games. Maybe you won't. Maybe they'll just do. Maybe it'll be all conference. I mean, I, yeah, even three would be hard to do over a one loss team undefeated. You, there's no argument. I still think UCF should have played for them, gotten national. I mean, you go undefeated. I don't care what conference you're in. You should get you should get a shot at it playing. Texas says Teddy is the answer for the statue. That that's a good one. Teddy I statue mean, statue would be good. I mean, but then we go quarterbacks. So, I mean, where do we draw a line? Do we not? What's wrong with St. Chris Redmond too? Or and cover your ears, Brian or Jeff? Before Browning. Browning. I mean, it's yeah. There's. One problem with Teddy, and I love Teddy, it's just like, where do you, I mean, at that point, then why not just do it for some of the other great quarterbacks we've had? I mean, Teddy did lead us to 11 and 12 win seasons of back to back. I mean, Brian Nagus took us to 10 win season in a, in a Fiesta Bowl. Well, one. Huh? One. I said Teddy did it back to back. Oh, back to back. Okay, yeah. 11 I mean, and 12, which is pretty impressive. That's good, yeah. Yeah, it is. Had never happened before. Um, Jeff took us to the, 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 the Liberty Bowl. He did. That was good. Stephon was eleven and one with us, kind of technically, if you count him and Brian sharing time. But well, he didn't share time at all in two thousand four, and that was that was that was no, that was, no you're right. Yeah, that in was o, the, in yeah. They Brian won, would come in in like the fourth quarter sometimes. In 03, they won nine games, I think nine or ten. Yeah, I think they lost their bowl game, and he was the CUSA Player of the Year. And then uh, I guess well, Chris Chris unfortunately had you know, he was in a transition year of coaches. But he, but, he, but he left here as, like, the second all-time leading pass yards in, in, in civil history. He did. People forget that. Now he's, like, six now or six yeah, or seven. No, we looked it up. He's not in the top ten. Yeah, he's, like, he fell so far. That's sad. It is kind of sad that that's the truth. But, yeah. Did you see the – so ESPN, I linked it on the, the News and Notes post on the website yesterday. ESPN, they, they do the quarterback U, running back U, wide receiver U rankings every single year. Yeah. I think we were third on the quarterback U rankings last year. Makes sense. We are seventh now. How have we fallen when we just? How can you fall that that many spots in one season? Do we blame it all on Malik Cunningham? <laughs> I find it hard to do because I feel like outside of Louisville, everyone loved Malik more than the people in Louisville did. The stats were staggering. I know you yeah. would hear constantly like how great Malik is and this and that. And I'm like, I'm not you know not not, not trying to like disagree, but. I think he was. I think he was loved more outside their own city limits, a fan, than he was by his own fan base. Quarterback, you according to ESPN, is Oklahoma, who's number one. Which I mean, they produced like multiple number one picks last couple years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jason White, Sam Bradford, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, all won the Heisman. That's yeah, that's all in the last twenty years. Pretty yeah. loudly, uh, they brought in Dylan Gabriel now. From uh, we played against him at UCF. Oh yeah, he sucks. 
That's Oklahoma. Oklahoma's about to take a little dip. I pro, I'm telling you right. Between the SEC, well, I think you played for them last year too. And the fact that I'm not a fan of the, the that's the, the the coach is the one from Clemson, right? He threw for 3,300 yards and 25 touchdowns last year for Oklahoma. For Oklahoma, yeah. yeah, yeah, they weren't very, they underachieved last year too, didn't they? Didn't they go like eight and four? Were they that bad? Maybe not that bad. Uh, number two in the quarterback U rankings, USC. Hard to argue with that. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah. who have they done in the last 15 years, though? Well, they just had a Heisman Trophy winner. Who won the Heisman last year? Caleb Williams. Oh, yeah. I forget, because he bounced from Oklahoma, yeah. Oregon's number three. Alabama's number four. Ohio State's five. Texas is six. Louisville, seven. Florida's eight. Florida State's nine. And LSU is ten. Best quarterbacks in the ACC come from Louisville. That's what we've established here. Can you name me two quarterbacks other than Vince Young at Texas? I mean, uh, Colt McCoy and now not, Quinn Ewers. Who's not probably much better than anybody of our top five. Quinn Ewers sucks. Or he has not shown anything yet. Baby Manning. <laughs> Chris Sims. James Brown. Major Applewhite. I mean, yeah, these guys are no better than ones. But Texas does not belong ahead of us. That's that's a farce. Who have they had recently who was good? Because they've had a bunch of busts. They've had a lot of busts. I feel like they, every year they've got like the new like five star kid that just doesn't pan out. Uh, I mean, I, I'd have to look at their their team. I just can't remember exactly. I mean, I, the last other than Vince Young is I mean he's about far their best. McCoy was good. I thought Oklahoma went six and seven last year. I didn't realize they were that bad. I thought they were eight and four. They I t- I know Vendables was a bad hire, but yeah, and that's the big win for Florida State was beating them in the bowl game. <laughs> team of the show is Florida State sucks. Get out of here. Yeah, Florida State's well, they were overrated last year and they're they're gonna be exposed this year. And who was Texas? I mean, who was last good Texas? Was it Colt McCoy? They had yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it's I think it was Colt McCoy. Was he I thought he was was he before or after Vince though? He was after. Okay. They had yeah, the and he's no more. Shane Bugle kid whose Vin, dad played in the MLB. Yeah, and Colt McCoy is like barely Chris Redmond level. So I mean he was yeah, pretty good. He's okay. He was pretty so yeah, Texas. Yeah, Texas is not a better quarterback. Not not. No, it's not even argumentative. It's not even argumentative. Nope, not even taking it. Uh, you want to talk running backs? That's fine. You can beat us to running backs. The last note that we have to get to before we go f- back to the text line for the rest of the, of the the hour is via John Rothstein, the college basketball robot and college basketball insider. We have a date now for the U of L UK men's basketball game. I thought I got excited. I like, you got we got a date? No, I have a date. All right. The annual battle for the Bluegrass basketball game is going to be played at the KFC Yum Center on Thursday, mm. December 21st, before Christmas. Now, I'm torn on this weekday game. You thing. forget it was supposed to be the same thing a few years ago when we had the, the COVID cancellation. This was supposed to be the same deal. Um, but since 2006, this is going to be just the second time that the two teams have played the rivalry game before Christmas. The only other time, 2016. Yeah. When the 10th-ranked cards upset the 6th-ranked Cats on Thursday, December 21st at the KFCM Center. Am I guaranteeing victory right now because of this right now? You're damn right. Was that a Thursday game? I thought it was a, for some reason I thought it was a – wait a minute. That's not, that's not broken bam angle game, right? Yeah. I thought that was a Wednesday or Tuesday for some reason. Thursday. Was it a Thursday? I mean, I believe you. I just, understand it. I knew it was a weekday because I came home from oh, radio. I'm, I know it was a weekday because me and TJ did the show across the street from the, the, the stadium, I remember. Was that a poor painter who was working on our house who, like, I felt so bad for him? Like, well, we're, like, we're, like, losing it. Just and it was at least a night game because then we have – was it a 
What was the, the weekday game when we played them? It was the same day as their bowl, UK's bowl game, and we lost. We played them on uh, New Year's Eve. That was Eve. pageant year. We played them on New Year's Eve at noon. Okay. And, and that was a, it was like a, a Friday, so people weren't off work. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. I remember. I had to, yeah, that was, that, yeah, that was that sucked. We put them on the 30th one time during the, the day, too. I did the show because TJ couldn't do it because he, you know, I don't know. He, I don't remember what his excuse was, but we all know he wanted to watch the games. <laughs> I forget what he told us. But we all know the truth. <laughs> we had the show that afternoon, and I spent the entire time just being like watching UK. I was like, look at this bowl game. Let's focus on the bowl game here, guys. Well, that's, that's, what, that's what my was on. We went on it like the same, well, probably the same time as you did, like right after the basketball ends. And I had the same thing. We, we were at Oxmoor Ford or something. We were on the uh, car dealerships. I spent the whole game like trying to avoid talking about basketball. like yeah, And then trying to figure out, because I'm watching it with that volume on, why Benny Snell is getting thrown out of the game for – Apparently touching a referee or something. I'm like, what, what's going on here? Yeah, people. We had, was, we had, that one, was it Benny Snell that did it? Yeah, we okay. get, we'd get callers that were like, you know, I was just, they didn't come to compete. I'm like, they should throw Benny Snell in jail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's focus on what really See, matters. I had no there. idea what was going on. I'm like, why is he getting thrown out? What did he do? I don't. Assaulting <laughs> officials is something that we cannot stand behind. That's the real topic of the sports world today here locally. He, and sad part is he got thrown out for that. Yet, uh, who was, was the one that punched the player before the game? It was Lynn Bowden. Yeah, yeah. Lynn Bowden got to stay in. but yeah, Snell got a raw deal. I can admit that. Like, Snell probably didn't deserve to get thrown out. Lynn probably didn't deserve to play. He didn't. And they, they changed the rule book because of that. They were like, yeah, you can't punch players anytime you're on the field anymore. Because it was the weirdest thing. They're like, you well, punched him, but it was an hour and five minutes before the game started, not an hour. But so you what, can't suspend him. But, but didn't the Miss, so that happened because the Mississippi State player against us got thrown out for, for fighting his own player during, like, pregame, right? Well, no, no, no. They, they got into a fight during practice. Oh, that was practice. Okay, got, I thought it was pregame. He, I couldn't well, remember. One of them had their face busted open, so he couldn't play. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the quarterback. Got, the other one got suspended for the game. It was the quarterback who ended up beating us last year. Yeah, we, you know, we, yeah, we played him again. <laughs> yeah. uh, a little bit of breaking news here, too, before we go to break. Uh, former New Jersey Net and Louisville Cardinal Terrence Williams has no, been sentenced no. to 10 years in prison Ooh. for masterminding the scheme to steal $5 million from the, NBA <laughs> the NBA's health care plan. Williams admitted back in August of 2022 to orchestrating the conspiracy in which he roped in 18 former ballers to defraud the NBA's health and welfare benefit plan that provided extra coverage to former and retired players. 10 years. I don't know why it made me laugh when you used the word mastermind. <laughs> I the worst was the so the, the football scheme <laughs> well, got in trouble was also led by it was uh, Josh Bellamy was the one who spearheaded. Yeah, the, we had Cardinals on both football and basketball defrauding the NFL and the the. And uh, Bellamy NBA. was still like in the league when he was doing it too. No, when he, he was out. He was already out with He'd the just been out the uh, Bears. Yeah. He was uh, the double doink game against the Eagles. The reason they had the opportunity to go for that field goal was because Bellamy caught like a random like forty yard bomb on us. I was so pissed. I was like, well, I'm going to lose the game. And it's because of Josh Bellamy. <laughs> In exchange for coordinating the scam, Williams received allegedly $346,000 in kickbacks, according to the feds. Ten years is no small time. Will. No. I, will he serve that whole ten years? Probably, Probably not. Probably not, but still. Not good. Also, like thinking about it, like if I was going to tell you the consequences are ten years in prison, does $346,000 seem like a big enough risk to go for 10 years in prison? Well, the total defraud uh, was $5 million. Okay, there you go. Now, yeah. You told me I was going to make $5 million maybe with Doc. But no, for like, even for like just over just $346 million. That's, no, that's just what he got, as, again, for kickbacks. Oh, uh, okay. The people who he helped defraud the NBA health program as well gave him part of their money that they got 
as a reward for like being the dude who was making this all happen. Now, is he really ripping off those? Is it just insurance companies? And the NBA. Yeah. Their benefit plan. I certainly can't be mad at them, then. I can't. That's, that's silly. <laughs> I mean, what's silly, but... You know who else was involved in that scheme? It's the NBA. They can, they can afford to throw down a few extra million for somebody. You know who else was involved in that scheme? Uh, there was a buttload of people involved in that scheme. One person, though, in particular. Who am I forgetting? I remember we talked about this on numerous... It goes pit. all the way back to the top. Ruined Louisville basketball single-handedly. Andre McGee? Sebastian Telfair. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm just bring my bad. That's was right, involved yeah. in the scheme. The players, Which is amazing because he should be in prison anyway. <laughs> the players' combined earnings who were involved in the scheme was $360 million. You guys don't need the money. Shouldn't need the money. Yeah, that's... Well, not doing this. That's just the rich blinded, stealing from the rich, though, I guess, in a way. But, yeah. Take a break. When we come back, last segment, we will take texts from you guys on the Thornton Sex Line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Thursday edition here on 1450 and I think I think in this scenario, Rick Springfield's the a hole. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, there's, there's no, we're not debating this one, right? No, he's absolutely the. A-hole. He's yeah, yeah. There's a listen. You can you can talk about my ethics and morals all you want, but you draw a line. You don't go after another dude's girl, man. Does he really it, go after her though? Or is he just openly fawning for her? Ooh. He does say, "I feel so dirty when they start acting cute. I want to tell her that I love her," which is. I mean, you may want to, as long as you keep that inside. Yeah, and that's got that's, and that's got to bother you because you know you know it's wrong to, to to think that. I mean, you can like, yeah, you shouldn't. If you keep it to yourself, you're not as bad. But yeah, it's, sure. I do feel bad for you though. You need to probably move on and go find something. There's a lot of other women out there. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of fish in the sea. Last conference realignment update for the day. It's not even an update, but Pete Thamel says via sources. I think I know who the sources are. Any potential changes in the Big Ten are not expected to impact Notre Dame's view on independence. Notre Dame just cannot. They're the friend that just cannot stop telling you how single they are and how they love it. Oh, man. Boy, I'm glad I'm not married. Like, yeah. The manager at the cupcake Can't imagine going home to a lady after this. We get it. Oof. No kids for this guy. Like, like, stop it. Like the Barney Stinson of football programs. We get it. No one even cares about you. You're not involved in this. Personal announcement, I'm still not planning on getting married. I'll be single till the day I die. Shut up! That's you, Notre Dame. <laughs> get over it. We get it. That's you, Notre Dame. Suck it. Uh, we got about eh, 18 minutes or so here to take some text from you guys. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. I will catch up on as many of these as we can. Again, we're giving away a t-shirt to a uh, to, the, to the best text that we get between now and the end of the show. So let's make it happen. 
Texas said, I want to get back to the the person who wanted to go retext the the text that we were going over. I hear no, you. She text too many times and lost me. I know. Day. Sorry. Any super conferences would destroy the product and ultimately bring in a lot less money, even for the super conference schools down the road. College sports are interesting because it's closer to the European model where every area has its local club and the support is organic. People would lose interest quickly if it's just a minor league with a set 28 teams from random places in Alabama and Texas. I think that's perfectly said. I think that's exactly right. I think college football will lose a lot of popularity. Like I'm, I'm invested in college football and college basketball as sports overall, even when like my team's not great. But if, they, if I knew they could never be great, I, I think I would lose interest in college sports for the most part. Like I, I love the model of college basketball. I think it's such a fun sport to follow. But I like them. I, I like following the sport in relation to my favorite team and how we fit into the grand scheme of it all. And I think a lot of people are the same way. One of the great things about college basketball is, regardless of where you are in the country, as long as you're not in Alaska, you've got a, a, a team within a stone's throw. You've got a team that you can go watch play in a conference tournament. If they get hot, they can go to the NCAA tournament, maybe pull a miracle there. Like there's, Everybody can have a team. It's not that way with any other professional sport, and it's not really that way with major college football already, but it becomes even less so if you've just got a few spots here in the Midwest and the entire South are the only places where you can root for the powerhouse teams that have a chance to win the sport's top prize. Where, yeah, agreed. While that's all it has been and probably will be, at least until the, at least in the past, you still had, like you said, that one that Lloyd Christmas one in a million chance. Well, in recent years, you know, you've had Oregon play for a national title. You've had TCU last year play for a national title. You had more parity in the '80s when you had teams like you know Colorado and Washington winning in 1990, BYU in '84. And I mean, at least it's possible. You know, you know, you've got. I mean, when we were flirting in 2016, like we were very, we were number five in the country late in the season when they were doing college football uh, playoff rankings. Like theoretically, I think we know now, even if we'd won out, we wouldn't have gotten into the playoff. But at that point in time, like we had a shot. We had a shot in 2006. We were number two at one point in the BCS rankings. Um, the fact that it's possible makes the sport more fun, I think, for a lot of people. It's the appeal of, of March Madness. I think it's going to become the appeal of the expanded college football playoff. And doing what it looks like they're going to do with the sport, I think, is going to diminish a lot of that. And it sucks. It is. Texture says, um, my God, that's an amazing summer show idea. Mike and Trevor go through Trevor Storage Unit live on air. <laughs> you're not going to find, I mean, you're not going to find anything bad. It's just, for the most part, it's going to be like, a, I, I don't throw anything away. I'm really bad at that. So there's like at least three or four like Tupperware containers Full of like T-shirts and old clothes that just don't fit me anymore. I would be terrified to open up whatever's in there. I mean, it, honestly, you could probably you could go shopping and probably all fit you. I mean, it might be a little loose on you there, toothpick, but I mean, it was <laughs> it's gonna be. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe you should wear it if you weren't so chunky. Uh, and hopefully, you like you know Looney Tunes uh, sports memorabilia. I, I do. I had a lot of that from back. Remember them when that was popular in the early nineties? Oh yeah, yeah. I had, I had, I had a, at least a dozen Tasmanian Devil Eagles. You've talked about the Taz shirts. Yeah, so. the Taz shirts and uh, you know Bugs Bunny and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of those. I don't know if the pants will fit you, but the shirts would be okay on you. Okay. I can't imagine. What, what size pants do you wear now? 32. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these are like 44s probably. 32 is getting a little tight. I could, I, could, I could probably go up a few. I think 32. I, everybody, I feel like that's like the common go-to for anybody that's not clearly overweight. Like, what do you wear, 32. 
<laughs> I've always been 32 for a long time. I could probably wear 34s, but I was thinking, gonna be too long. I was thinking the Seinfeld 32, and he changes the 4 to a 2 because he's oh, yeah. subconscious. I thought he was like 30, though. Uh, maybe is it thirty? Is it thirty-two? And he changes it to a thirty. Yeah, I thought he was. He stayed at thirty. I could. I thought it was thirty. I couldn't remember. Okay, it's, I could be wrong. He gains up. Didn't he get dumped by his girl for that? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to look. That's the one of forgotten ones. Though. I have to look that one up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jerry actually changes the waist size on the tag from thirty-two to thirty-one. Oh, is it that's for what? He's a, thir- he's a thirty-one waist, fancy boy. And he reveals it to somebody, like to his girlfriend, and she like d- dumps him because of it. I think George reveals it. That's right. Yeah, George tells uh, Susan because it's the that's the whole that's vault, exactly the right, vault yeah. thing. Yeah, the vault. Texter yeah. says much like Rebecca Black, according to Scoots, Trevor's ACT score prediction is not going to age well. Poor <laughs> Scoots. Texter says I don't know if you can read this on air, but did Trevor say something? I want to eat myself out. What did? What now? I don't know. That was it was over an hour ago. I don't remember. If you said that, I, 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 what did he what, read the text? Again? I don't think I can read that again. I glossed over it, but I don't think I can read it again. Did I read? Did I say I could eat something? Texas New Wave Burritos is closing and competitor alignment looming. What have I done to deserve this? I didn't know New Wave Burritos was closing. I didn't know what New Wave Burritos was. New Wave Burritos is good. I've only had like probably I think three times. Loved it every time. Texas, the Big 12 would be the best realistic spot for Louisville. Pretty good in football and great in basketball and baseball. Yeah, it would make the most. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. I'd be fine with the Big 12, with the, the way big, it is right the, now. The, if, if you're talking about leaving the ACC, the Big 12 would also be the most, like, your best chance to win in football. You'd have the, the same path. It, yeah. would, it would have the same appeal. I feel like every power conference that we've been in for football has had the same appeal where it's like, it's the easiest path to winning. Like, the Big East was the most manageable back in the day. Now the ACC kind of is, if you just get Clemson out of the way. The Big 12 certainly would be that. And we'd also be able to resume rivalries with West Virginia and Cincinnati, which would be kind of fun. Are you farting back there, by the way? No. The smell is something smelling back there. No, it wasn't me. I didn't, I didn't let one rip. I'd be fine with the Big 12. I, I think ideally I'd like to stay in the ACC, but it sounds like that's probably not going to be a possibility at least a few years down the line. Texas says, TK, what do you have against Paris Hilton? <laughs> Comparing anyone or anything to UK is a clear insult. Uh, well, the example was just kind of someone who – was given the world without actually having to earn it type thing. And I was just, I guess, paired something bought to my head because I saw that Dark Side of the 2000s the other day. Yeah. With her and uh, Lindsay Lohan. I think the comparison worked. Texas, do you think they're banking on the Super 40 being treated like the EPL and the rest of us just finding one of the 40 teams to cheer for? I don't think they care. I think they're just trying to rake in the cash while they can. Yeah, they, they, they don't care. They and being the, like, presidents of these universities and things. The texter also went back. We discussed this in, in the, I think, the, the first hour. We were talking about... You know, he was saying UofL fans might stop being fans if, if we're cheering for essentially a minor league football team. And I said, you know, we did that in the 90s with Conference USA. Like, we still were we, – we never had a realistic shot to win a national title, but we remained fans. And they said, it's a different feeling when you've climbed the mountain and have had chances to make the playoffs. And to have that rip from you after being uh, a fan through the 80s and the 90s, UofL and just getting started with the program. I, I think that there's something to that. It would be tougher to go back to where we were – after seeming to have all this access to winning a national title for the last yeah. decade and a half. But I, I'm not going to stop being a fan. No, I would ne- no I'm not going to stop being a fan either. Texas says Tom Jurich for the statue. I, I would I have, I have no problem with that. I just, we can all agree that it's not going to – odds not happening inside 20 years is probably slim to chunky none. There will be a time, like 10 <laughs> to 15 years down the line, 
probably at the earliest, where everybody looks back and they're like, okay, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's time to when, properly honor what what happened under his watch. When you have a, a switching of the generation, kind of. And you, like you said, you have people that are that, that were, are like maybe, what, three or four right now that are like in their 20s going looking back at the nostalgic of Tom Church, and rightfully so. Time removes the thorn from the rose. And I think all the and, – and also it's, it's not like – Very poetic. It's also not like you – know, his personal, whatever you think his scandals were, are much more like difficult to discern than you know, Patino and basketball. And stuff. If you want to say that he was the head of the basketball program, all the programs are below him, that's one thing. But if you're looking at the foundation and the money and all that stuff, people still haven't been able to say like what exactly he did. The people who are like, oh, he deserved to go. He was also, loyal. Nobody's ever like, found the financial. And it's a reason why he won all of his lawsuits handily against UofL. He got whatever he wanted from UofL. Yeah, I knew that was a given when they made it. Yeah. So I think, that, I think in time, people are going to look back and be like, man, why was there ever any hate for this dude who just changed everything at UofL and made all of these athletic programs, not just basketball and football, so much better? Texas says, uh, Brian Brom statue, then maybe he can come on your show. Never. <laughs> you wouldn't even have him on the show if we had a statue of Not happening. How about a statue of uh, the Mike Rutherford show? Sure. Just a giant X, like the Twitter X. <laughs> it's a big X. <laughs> Texas, I think the Cubs just hit another homer, Mike. You can suck. Uh, I think that's the same Texas that made that joke yesterday, too. Texas, damn it, I wanted a Lamar and Kenny Klein statue with their faces in the bosom of Howard Schnelly. <laughs> Texas, the obvious statue choice is Teddy. Yeah, it's obvious, but okay, yeah. Texas, speaking of UofL campus life, how is it possible with all the resources and money that they have that they have not developed the area around campus to be safer and more residential? Even the area around Churchill, you would think developers would have turned that whole area into nicer apartments and businesses with all the people it draws. I mean, you can't just, you know, you can't just kick people out of their homes in the south end around Churchill Downs. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, no, well, hold on. Don't speak so fast. Well, I mean, <laughs> they did it to my grandma when they built the new airport. I remember they that. did it to my Uncle John when they built the airport. She, now, they did get money a little bit, but I they, mean. They, she got relocated to a new house. Yeah. Which, like, but she lived in Highland Park. It's where my dad grew up. And I remember that was a, you know, people were, it was, it was sad. It was very sad to just have that taken away. Oh, yeah. I'm I sad. mean, you do hear that a lot from you know, people who fly into town just for the Derby or come in for Breeders' Cup. They're like, man, like Louisville's kind of a dump because they see the area around Churchill Downs. And I'm sure, I'm sure Churchill would love to be able to just kick people out and build some nice luxury spots around and have all this. But it's just, that's not going to happen. You just you can't do that. Um, as far as the safety around U of L's campus, I mean, I I can't speak from any experience. I do know when I was going to law school and you get the campus alerts, there was always like an update of you, know, you need to walk safely to your car and this all this stuff happening. Uh, I'm assuming that's still going on. Maybe it's even worse based on the text, but. I would like to see that. I mean, if you're going by that, I mean, if you go by my neighborhood and ring alerts, I'm living in the, the complete utter ghetto of hell. <laughs> the neighborhood because, alert. Over the, was that a gunshot? Like, no. I mean, it I, wasn't. Every, every spring. I, I get them. I, mean, I think I got two during this show. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I can't, I can't take the. You think, yeah, we're living in like some third world country over here off Westport Road. Uh, Texas says, Statue Mott Stockman wearing only a cape and skates, in homage to cape and skates, KP. <laughs> We're going to do a statue of random players. I want Chad Millard. Love Chad. <laughs> Signing a Bellarmine scholarship. <laughs> Texas says, Mike, what do you think of the idea of bringing Mary on the show for a segment where her and TK debate <laughs> Am I the A-hole segments? Ooh, maybe not. No. <laughs> well, no, she'd take my side. She's a smart woman. She would not. And she would also get way more mad than I do. 
Why would she? Which one would she get the most mad at me about for taking the the? the and she, she we, the mother-in-law uh, one. Here's the problem with that, though. I, I wonder if the woman who's so mad about that, how she would have reacted if it was her mom there. I think she still would have. Mary would have been like nine days is way too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could have been Bob. Maybe their husband threw her out. I don't know. Well, yeah, if, if something like that, that's a totally different thing. Well, and we I don't just know that. See my son. Yeah. Texas Cardinal Forever Devin Mann here with the Omaha fresh off his trade uh, to the Royals from the Dodgers. Oh, I didn't know that. Who got what? Huh? Devin Mann, former U of L uh, baseball player, apparently just got traded to the uh, to the Royals from the Dodgers, so he'll be playing for Omaha. I didn't know. I don't remember Devin Mann playing. Devin Mann was a beast. I don't, I don't remember that. I don't I'm know. not trying to brain fart on that one. He's very. Good. I feel like every time I follow the U of L baseball alumni Twitter account, which is great to As keep track I, of former yeah. cards. I feel like Devin Mann's always hitting home run on that account. So where where he's now uh, Royals to the okay. He's on the Royals now from the Dodgers. That's a tough downgrade, but <laughs> maybe more playing time. <laughs> he just went from the complete opposite of schedule ranking, yeah. Texas Art Carmody statue. I've got to say something real quick about Art. I don't know if he's listening right now. I know he listens to the, the podcast a lot. But I mentioned last a couple weeks ago he sent me his old the, – the jersey that he wore in the original blackout game against West Virginia and some other stuff. Still like, jealous? I've been talking to him. Like, his brother, I, I love all – Carmody, Art's got, like, eight brothers. I'm exaggerating, but he's got a bunch of brothers. And one of them has been doing these, like, ice cream reviews. He's got this ninja ice cream maker, and he, like, puts all – and I, I love it. Like, Drake is – he's very charismatic. And I'm talking to Art about how cool Drake is. And Art, as a delayed wedding gift, because he no-showed my wedding back in the day, he just sent me the, the, the ninja, like, ice cream maker – He's like, he's like, this is a early birthday, late wedding present for you. <laughs> I sent you this. We got to do some reviews. I was like, he's the nicest guy in the world. He's just, he's the best. I've always thought about buying an ice cream maker. This, I mean, I'll let you know how this goes. You can make like gelato with it. You can make uh, different kinds of ice cream, different textures. Like, I'm very excited. To I mean, I need, I need to slow down. I, I can't overdo my ice cream because, because the lactose right. thing. But, but if I like pace it out and, and, and with my dairy, I can usually take it. But boy, when I go aboard, boy, it's a rough being around me and a rat running around me. Yeah, I know. I, I was wondering. I, we haven't had an update on that. I was wondering if that was still a thing. Oh, no, it's a thing. In fact, I'm kind of thinking that's what led to me not that Monday I had to call in. I think that's what kind of, I think it's, but I, I think I had way too much dairy over the, like three days period. It really messed up my stomach. Texas says, did you see that G-Fed, the, the TikTok guy at the stadium reviews, broke into Kroger Field and Rupp? I, did, I saw that he broke into Kroger Field. I want, somebody let me know what his review was because he gave us a mm. 10 out of 10. I want to know what he gave Kroger Field. There's no way that he's Kroger as well as us. We're better than Kroger Field. We're better than Commonwealth Stadium. Yeah. Texas says, suck it, Reds. You suck it. <laughs> Why are Reds getting so much like, crap? Because Cubs fans are annoying. Yeah. Cubs fans are, real quickly, if we win tonight with Luke Weaver on the hill, I may get a little chesty tomorrow. Because <laughs> Cubs, Cubs fans are acting like they ended our season uh, the last man. two nights. Like, they've scored 36 runs. They've beaten the crap out of us. It's been embarrassing. But we're still in first place. Did you ever? David Bell keeps running out these April lineups. I don't know what he thinks he's doing. Like Kevin Newman and Stuart Fairchild are playing. We're back to the normal lineup tonight. Now Weaver Weaver does have like his nine point three eight ERA or whatever. But he's like, but he's won like five of his last six starts. He's won like ten of his last eleven or something. Yeah, something insane. He pitched really well the last game. It was the first time he's lost in forever. Uh He gave up. He gave up two hits and we lost three to two. Was it? Is it easier now? I I guess the rival shouldn't. It shouldn't been hard at all, but. Like to me, like nonchalantly, like, is it easier to hate the Cubs post 2016? I've always hated them. The same. Like I guess because I mean you're Reds, yeah, but like it's kind of hard. Like before the the, the 16 Super World Series, they like, made it very easy. Did they? I mean, I always felt it kind of hard to hate on the Cubs. I always felt it was like hating on when I was growing the up, old virgin type thing. When I, mean, I was when I was little, I did, and then I met Cubs fans, and I was like, oh, it's pretty easy. 
Well, a lot of your hatred stems from your days at Dayton, I Dayton, think. and then like personal I friends think became Cubs yeah, fans. Dayton. Then all these Cubs fans started coming out of the woodwork. These people who I did not know my entire life and never mentioned the Cubs. Before you went to Dayton, you were you were Mike was walking around the house listening to Pearl Jam wearing a Cubs jersey, Mark Grace jersey, <laughs> loving it. Right, got, I can see you to Sean Dunstan. We got to go. I was a big Glen Allen Hill guy. We got to go okay. real quick here. Okay. Texas with Mary gone. If you and the kids are looking for something to watch tonight, Memphis State is playing their second game of their foreign tour on YouTube. They lost yesterday to the Dominican Republic despite having two players in their late 20s. Did not know that. Who's the team that got a fight with the Dominican Republic? Georgetown and China. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, I forgot that was a disaster. What was I going to say? I just, I just had something I was going to say and just completely forgot it, too. My bad. Uh, Mary's she's back tonight anyway. But. Yeah, she gets back. Yeah, that was. Last oh, I was, I was gonna say congrats to uh, former Cardinal, recent Cardinal Jared West. He's playing on the, the herd. TV oh, I saw team. you. Yeah, yeah. They they won last night on a banked in shot at the, at the in the Elam ending, banked three again. They'll play for the championship. He'll play for a million dollars coming up in I think in two nights. So props to Jared West. I, I like Jared West a lot. I know he wasn't. Um, well, you were big on him too. You thought he was gonna be a stud here. It's not true. I, I loved how hard he played. I was a big fan of him. He's a great leader. He, I like Jared West. He yeah. deserved a lot more. Yeah. Texas says, Mike, you are a rock star. Thank you. Okay, that was random. but uh, Texas says, hell yeah, 32 club. Back at you. <laughs> hell yeah, 52 club. Texas says, Trenton Flowers, one and done. Possibly. I, I'm, I hope he's not because I have a feeling he's going to be left off potential and not production, but yeah. Texas says, the slim story was so funny, I was in a room with three co-workers and busted out laughing. <laughs> was, that was a good one. It was a good one. The, 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 just the response. Texas is no, the mean green one, the herd that team lost. Well, you can understand my confusion. I, congrats to Jared West on a great run in the TVT. Wait a minute, he's not on the mean green team? The Marshall, the transfer from Marshall's not on mean green? Well, he heard that is the Marshall team. Bleed oh, green is the North Texas team. Yeah, you're team. right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, makes Congrats sense. to Jared West on a terrific run that ended in the, the TBT Final Four. How much does he get for that? Nothing. It's winner take all. Oh, wow. Texas said, oh, there's a picture of Russ with the waffles. Let's put that on Creek Row. Yeah, that would be a great statue. All right, uh, tonight, I don't think we – we've got the Hall of Fame game tonight. Yeah, I'm going to watch the Jets and Browns. I, I mean, yeah, I'm a nerd. I'm watching. I'm probably going to – Are you going to watch? I'll be here doing the Bats game, but the game's at like 7.30, right, I think? It's 8 o'clock. Yeah, I'll probably put it on my phone. Uh, <laughs> this is the life I live in. I'm going to be listening to Nick Kern call the Bats. While watching the Hall of Fame game on my phone and playing uh, my, my MLB Dynasty on the TV here. Browns, Jets tonight. Who you got? I'm uh, going Browns. Give me the Jets. JT. They're, they're going to show out for the, the HBO. Does Watson cameras. play it all tonight, I wonder? No. I don't know. I play one snap. I also got an early, speaking of HBO, I got an early access to that uh, the Bishop Sycamore film. I made sure to watch that. I saw, a, I saw on I saw Facebook, uh, Twitter someone posted like a trailer of it. I, was, I couldn't watch it. I but. might watch it tonight and see if I see, see if it's okay. worth watching coming up later this month. All right, all right. Enjoy the football. Go Reds. Beat the Cubs tonight. Everyone have a fantastic Thursday evening. We got Bats baseball. Uh, Louisville take on Omaha coming up right after us. We'll hand the baton over to Nick Kern and Jim Kelch here on 1450 The Big X. Talk to you guys tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Go Cars. Go Reds. Play along with the charade There doesn't seem to be a reason to change You know I feel so dirty when they start talking cute I wanna tell her that I love her but the point is probably moot Cause she's watching with those eyes And she loves